Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Welcome to Signal of Doom, I'm Dave, it's episode 297, I'm heavily, heavily hungover. How are you, Rich? Uh, a lot better than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my main thing is I'm just tired, we we had a 20th anniversary last night at uh, for our business, black tie function, a lot of fun, Actually, to be fair, really, really nice event, a lot of fun, but... Um, I am not 21 anymore, uh, a one thirty finish, and, you know, drinking, but just standing, talking, like the whole thing, and I am now a shadow of a man. Well, you know? I mean, it doesn't help either that you're not much of a drinker either. No, and, and you know, in fairness, didn't, when I say hungover, it's, it's, it's more pure weariness, like I, um, I didn't drink very much, really, I, I whatever I drank was paced over such a long period of time that, um, you know, I was probably never over the limit the whole night. Um, maybe slightly over, but not much. I was I paced my drinking, which I, which I had to do, you know, because I'm not someone who can drink for six hours, you know, solidly. I just not It's just not in me. Paced myself, but the amount of standing, and I really enjoyed the function, by the way. It was a really good function they put on. Um, but I had an hour and a half's massage today, you know, which I needed for just my back was, I was like, when I got home, I, I was in so much pain and, um, and I'm not in pain anymore. I'm just totally, totally exhausted, but excited to do the show as always. I'm glad we're doing it. Um, now Rich, how are you? How's your week been? Uh, 
Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah. Um, I, I had to do a bit of after-hours work, going to work at 8 o'clock in the night and staying there till almost 3 o'clock in the morning. Jesus, really? Um, what, yeah, like stock-taking or something? No, they had to do maintenance work there for burst pipes, and since I live the closest, I volunteered, wow. so to speak. Jesus. Wow. And did you work the next morning? No. Okay. So you got some time off. Yeah, well, I'm getting an extra day off tomorrow. So okay. Wow. So that's, that's... Were you having to do the maintenance, or were you just there? Oh, no, I didn't have to do anything. I just had to keep an eye on them, you know? Right, so, yeah, yeah. There's, there's millions of dollars worth of stock. Yeah, yeah, there is. You don't want them to walk out with TV tucked under their arm. They were even like, oh, just give us the keys, we'll do the job, and then it's like, yeah, no, we're not... <laughs> yeah. We're not leaving you in the shop. Yeah, just... Uh, really just go crazy. <laughs> yeah. No offense, not calling you criminals, but, you know, sometimes crime is just a, a, a opportunity presents itself. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. That's, 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 that's funny, man. Oh, at least you would have had a good chance to get through your reading if you're just sitting there. In the middle yeah, of the it's night. actually when I did pretty much all the reading. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. Um, well, that's good. And uh, what is our book of the week this week, Rich? Remind me. Oh, it's Crimson Empire 2, isn't it? Okay, Crimson Empire 2, um, which was, I think last week we did Crimson Empire 1, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a continuation. What is the rest of the trade after 2? Because there was like hundreds more pages. Yeah, well, there's a 3 as well. Oh, right. I didn't realise that. Like, Yeah, it's basically a trilogy. That's what I said. I like, see. That's kind of what they used to do with some good stories is they would try and kind of make trilogies out of them or, you know, kind of, if something was worthwhile, that, yeah. you know, that, that kind of try and make it its own trilogy because, you know, that's kind of what Star Wars is. It's always been trilogies, so. That's a good idea. I think there's more than enough legs in that story to support it. Um, and, you know, before we even get into the review of it, were, were they, was it a highly regarded uh, comic um, in a spin-off or series or whatever? Um, series? I mean, it's not highly regarded, but it's a fan favourite. Like, I love it. Um, yeah. I love yeah. it. I really do. I, I, I find it uh, extremely enjoyable. Now, Rich, you've got some news. And I... And um, I what, what is not, this about? Not the, new. The... Well, it's, it's oddly enough, I, we put this in the show notes because I mentioned it like the day or two after mm. we did the last show. And now it actually is news. What happened? Um, I said to you, I said, oh, you know what? Something that just occurred to me this after we did the show... Mm. Is that the the new OGL at the time? You know, because you were talking about how you hope the Dungeons and Dragons movie would do well. I do, and then it just occurred to me. I was like, okay, but I don't think it's going to do well now because of the OGL. So, oh, that was yes, why. You, you, right. You're still going to get normies now. Apparently, there are. You know, because it's now been like a week, mm. and now people are saying, well, I'm not going to go watch the D and D movie. You know, mm. they're not getting my money. Blah blah blah. So I'm like, man, they probably should have waited till after the movie. <laughs> Dude, oh, it was extremely poor timing. Yeah. So I, the problem is, no matter how good the movie is, which I don't think it will be, but no matter how good it is, mm. they've really hurt its box office. Because, yeah, you're still going to get the normies, but you needed the fans to go and watch it um, in that opening week. Who? Yeah, you know, well, a couple of things. I mean, firstly, yes, I think the chances of it being a rather poor to middling movie is high anyway. But... um. Assume it's not. Assume it's down the middle, 7 out of 10 entertainment, you know, and it's actually pretty cool. Um, yes, 
they've well, I mean, it, it, there's been a ruckus in Indeed D fan base that's really exploded over, I would say, the last two weeks. Um, uh-huh. To a point where I think a couple of days ago, the D and D publisher Wizards of the Coast addressed the backlash um, over over the license and said we rolled a one. They apologised. Um, and they put all these stipulations on what it's not going to be. So it sounds like whatever they were, uh, whatever they were um, talking about, was um, basically. I think they're trying to backtrack from. You know, um, uh, I uh, possibly um, I have watched a few videos and mm. and there's been some lawyers and people mm. within that they've basically said it's not so much as a walk back as it is more of a rewording. Yes, uh, yeah. and and sort of trying to make it sound different. Mm. So, mm, we'll, we'll, I mean, again, we'll have to see. But um, it, it sounds like they're just trying to reword it now, or or make it look a bit more murky. So, like mm. one of the things where they said, "Oh, we're not going to lock you into this thing," you know, um, with, with some sort of contract, right? But to be not locked into it, you first have to sign mm. the contract, and mm-hmm. it's just little things like that where people are like. It's not really walking it back per se. It's more just rewording. Yeah, the lawyers are the lawyers are like, um, yeah, trying to work hard. Just at to... the end of the day, they want they want their hands on your mm. your property and your revenue, and I don't think that's going to change. Mm. Uh, I mean, it may, but they're going to have to literally come out and say, "All right, we're just going back." Like the only way to say face is to not come out with a new OGL is to basically just say, "Okay, we're just going back to the old OGL." Like mm. that, I think that's the only way to. That's an actual walk back. Mm. Yeah, well, they're not doing that. They, they they seem to be blah blah blah. What's it got here? Like it's so hard because some of these publishers that are or you know places that are, that are reporting on it, I think are in the pocket of of Hasbro and Wizards and stuff. Like, um, like this one, I'm I'm, I'm looking here. There will be no royalty payment, no financial reporting, no license back, no registration, no distinction between commercial and non-commercial. Um, blah 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 blah. Um, there's a few sticking points from the OGL 1.1 that will continue in the OGL. The biggest thing that many creators are worried about is that the OGL 1.1.0a would be deauthorized. Uh, that is still moving forward. Uh, God, Brink says that moving forward with the CC license is the company's attempt to assuage these concerns, and they specifically mentioned that all our content will be unaffected by the new OGL. Um, they seem to be taking a firm stance on bigoted and hateful content. Oh, Jesus. Okay, like, that's just the bullshit, you know. That's um, deflection. Yeah, yeah, that is. That, that that truly is. Um, they released a statement today saying the future of its open gaming license will be under the purview of the Creative Commons. The Creative Commons is a non-profit dedicated to sharing knowledge and developed a set of licenses to let creators do that. I don't know. There's a lot of bullshit going on here. Like... Uh, look, I think the I think the people are right to have these fears. Like I frankly do, um, I, I do think that there's a real need here. And and also, can I say, I do think that this was a mistake by Hasbro and Wizards. Like frankly, I think that this whole thing has brought negative attention at a moment when they should have they want all their press to be positive, you know, in the lead-up to a movie that, frankly, they've got a big stake in. Because if this movie... Just say this movie hit big, that would be so fantastic for Wizards and Hasbro, you know? 
they would ha- they would have a whole, it, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars there rather than whatever they're fighting about here. And it was so silly for them to, to bring this negative attention in the lead-up to a film. And at the same day, they tried to announce a TV show. They found themselves buried in bad press. And it's not just the hardcore guys. It, it's the guys that are sort of um, uh, almost... I wouldn't call myself casual, but I wouldn't call myself hardcore. We're a bit disgusted. And then it goes out to the... Finally, it's going to reach someone out there who who knows nothing other than the name Dungeons & Dragons. And it's just... It leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth, you know? And I just think... Um, yeah, it's almost sad. Uh, it's just... It shows you how stupid corporates can be at times. You know, because I can't believe that they sat there and thought that this, there wouldn't be blowback because they know that people, the way this whole industry works is there's a lot of cottage, it's like a cottage industry, a lot of small businesses that are kind of bleeding off the whole D&D thing. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. What's your, what's your reaction? Uh, well, that's what I said. I, I, th- This is definitely going to hurt them. And even if you try and walk it back now, I think it's going to be a lot of bad blood. There's going to be a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm. And, you know, and even people who are just familiar, I think this is kind of making waves because there's just so many people talking about it. Mm. Like, I'm not a big D&D f- person, right? Sure. Like, I don't really like playing all that. But, and so I don't really follow a lot of like D&D sort of channels or mm. you whatever. But man, was it all coming up in my feed? Oh, yeah. You know, so my point is like, I think even people who like me who are not even like, that big into it or whatever oh we were just getting bombarded so i do think there's a big sort of cross-pollination of like people finding out just mm. even other people with other hobbies mm. Mm. and the, and there's a kind of almost like a solidarity like whether you're a dindy fan you kind of go well i'm not going to support them mm. because they screwing over their fans and you know i, I mean I, want I will say this like and i often say this about boycotts like i i I think a lot of people, like, if they're being honest, oh. will see it anyway. You know, who are that hardcore? I don't, so, so it's not a boycott. So no one is saying, like, they're not telling everyone to, like, not go watch it. Or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's just a lot of people saying, I'm not going to go watch it. Or Yeah, you know, but, but, but here's my point. Well, like, whatever you want to call it. I don't give a fuck what they call it. But where they're like, they're not going to go see it because of this. I think that it will not, it, it, I reckon probably 80% of those people will go see it. Because they're that hardcore into it. Like, I will say this, regardless of what happens with the OGL. Like, you know, like, I do care about the OGL stuff, and I and I do feel sorry for those people impacted, and I kind of hate the corporate aspect of it, but I will see the movie Dungeons & Dragons in cinemas, for sure. Like, fuck uh, off. I don't, I don't think a lot of the D&D fans, or especially maybe the American D&D fans, and do all, I don't think they... I don't think they go watch it. Now. I do, man. They like, might, they might, they might rip it or get a legal copy or or, or that sort of stuff online. Do you think so, really? But because that. also, this movie will not rise or sink on those fans alone. Like to to be a hit, this movie needs to attract the ca- the casuals, the normies, as they call them, to be a hit. Yeah, you know? but they, but but Dave, D and D is more popular now than it's ever been. There are more and more people playing D and D now. If you piss off that entire yeah, but fan I'm saying, base, but, but, but that it's fan still, base, it's still a massive chunk into the profits that you could be making. It could be the difference between yeah. coming out even yeah. or actually making a profit. Yeah, but like I think a lot of that fan base is not that connected to this. 
Like mm. this is we'll a well, this, this we'll is see. the industry. This is the cottage industry, really hardcore fan base. Um, and yeah, some of those people will not see it, but I'm talking about a lot of what I would describe as their casual D and D gamers. Like they might play a session once a month. You know, they just play the game. I mean, I'm one of them. I'm just, I, all I'm saying is, and I'm not saying the movie will be a hit. I think the chances of this movie, even without this scandal being a hit, is small. You know, I mean, all the other D&D movies have ever done have failed. Um, this looks like it's going to be more of the same. It, quite cheesy. There's going to be the comedy. But, that, but that's my point. My point is the first people that were going to go watch a D&D were going to be the fans. Mm. Those are going to be the first reviews out there. That's going to be the first recommendation for the normies. Yeah. So if they even go out there to badmouth it or don't go and watch it, mm. then you're not going to get that first influx. You're maybe not going to get such great yeah. reviews. So my point is, it doesn't matter where they go watch it and the money. Mm. They're not going to go watch it and rave about it mm. because that, that's what your hope was. Mm. Your hope was that you made it good enough a movie that all the fans on the first week or the day one would be like, what a great movie, I reckon. And then, oh, look at that. It's got fucking 90% on, you know, Ron Tomatoes or audience score. And then that drives more people to go watch it because that's what happened to Batman v Superman. Mm. That movie opened up massive and then massive drop off because every person that went to go watch in their first week badmouthed mm. it sure. and gave it bad reviews. So they really needed the fans who were going to go watch it first to enjoy it yeah, enough but to, let's be good be honest here. to get the normies to go watch let's it. Let's be honest here. I know D&D is popular, but it's not Batman, Superman level of popular in pop culture, which... No, well, that's why I don't think it was ever going to make fucking half a million in the first week. But my no. point was, a Batman v Superman should have made $2 billion. Like, yeah, it should have been. If it, it, was, if, if, it had been a de- if it had been a really good movie, it would have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, you're, you're right in that sense. Yeah, but word of mouth. You know, and and let's be honest, D&D is still kind of, even though it's more popular today, a lot of people still see it as a nerd thing. 100%. As, well, as it like, is. So my point it is, is. No, but my like, point you know. is, you, you needed the fans, what I'm saying is to spread good word of mouth. Yeah. Whether they just be reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, whatever, so that when people see it score, they go, oh, okay, well, it's a 7 out of 10 or it's an 8 out of 10 or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I'll go check it out. Now, if it's going to get like four or fives out of tens or three, I'm just saying. You know what I be... No, no, I agree. They shoot themselves in the foot. What I am interested in are these guys at Critical Role who have bled off this fucking franchise and um, whatever you call it. Like, they've milked this till the cows come home. Come home. I'd like to see these fuckers. What are they going to say about the OGL? Are they going to be super, super, super quiet? Let's have a look here. You know, because, like, they've... Um, you know, you would think maybe that they're even sort of watching the the whole time that they've done this, they must be sort of like conscious of you know getting sued by wizards because they're they they're, they're they're an example of someone they've created a very successful cottage industry themselves as critical role guys to the extent where they even got a um even got a show you know and mm. like. You know, and they've really, yeah, they've put out a statement. We've always supported creators in game development, blah, blah, blah. We stand by industry peers as well as anyone who takes a risk creating a new system or develop an original idea. Um, so they've put out a little, they've put out a little um, a statement, but it's a very, it's a very vanilla statement, but. Well, of course it is because one, they, they need to stay in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, they kind of need to. Uh, I, until they can find something else, whether the, maybe they they transition to Pathfinder or something else that mm. doesn't have 
that whatever they yeah they need to not piss off anyone on either side but kind of almost support almost kind of support both sides like yeah or, no you're right and 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 the statement the statement is very much like like oh we offer our support yeah and uh we, you know, but they must they must have lawyers telling them because they sold a show and that's not credited as D and D, and yet their whole fucking thing is they play D and D, and they do the voices and yada yada yada. We all know the fucking story. Well, it's not D and D, but the characters from that animated show are based on the D and D characters. That's what that I'm saying. So yeah. the, 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 they would have had a few sleepless nights and probably a few letters from wizards in their time, you know, because they because they actually have made it relatively big, you know, and well, that's the yeah. thing, and they are kind of. Uh, they are kind of fucked because um, their characters are based on mm. the D and D versions of those races. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they can't, you, you know, like D and D, they can't, um, they can't like uh, copyright elves, but they can copyright their versions of elves. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, uh, they pretty much screwed at the moment in terms of like if the new OGL. But as I said. They don't want to piss off either side because no. they want to still be friendly with hundred um, percent with D and D and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's why. But you know what? I don't give a shit about them. So I no, I don't really care. I was just bringing them as an example. Of, no, it's you a know, good, it's a, good, it's yeah. a good example. I quite like their show. Have you seen the show on Amazon? No, it's not bad, man. Like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I try. I, I've I, I watch some of their YouTube. So I can't stand them. They just. Oh my god, I find them so cringy as fuck. I've never watched the YouTube stuff. I don't really care about it. But I felt the show was pretty good. I've got here a um I came across a, an item which I'm gonna put into the news right now. Ten DC heroes who deserve the Arkham Asylum treatment. And at first I was like, what does it mean they go to Arkham? Was, oh Dave, come on. Well what do you think it meant? The Arkham game. Yes, well done. Well done. I, I was like, because <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? Like, they, they got to go to Arkham? But then the, the first one confused me. It was Green Lantern. I was like, why has Green Lantern got to go to Arkham Asylum? <laughs> um, okay, so you be so we'll go. We'll quickly run through the list. Um, first one says Green Lantern has a lot of interesting lore. Yeah. So what a Green Lantern it basically just means a Green Lantern game. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if they want it in the vein of Arkham, it's going to be very hard to do a Green Lantern game with good combat like that because it's no one was just wants to be throwing punches and kicks as Green Lantern. They could do the fist, you know, the the construct. I mean, if you're going to do a games like similar to Arkham, you've got to pick the more street yeah, level. Agreed. I I, I think Green Lantern would not be a good choice for an Arkham game. Harley Quinn would have a hilarious game. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Harley has definitely got to have one of these games. She could have the big mallet. She could have the um, the funny humor. Uh, I know you would hate it, but I would be all over it. What about you, Rich? You already answered the question. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. The Flash would create a unique experience. I actually think The Flash, If I mean, it wouldn't be Arkham-style combat, but it would be interesting with his speed. Uh, it's going to be very hard though because I mean for God's sake look look at the, the, the one character that they always struggle to make a game who's based on speed and that's Sonic right like, it's very hard to make a game where the character's just he's only like it's just speed like it's like what do you what isn't, do you do isn't now? there like a million Sonic games isn't that where it's there is but most of them are bad is my point oh, like okay. for every 
for every one good Sonic game, there's like four or five bad Sonic games. So okay. uh, it's very hard to know what to do with it, especially as a game. It's very hard mm. to know what to do with a character who's, whose thing is just speed. Like, yeah. it's... Okay, so... And it's going to be hard. This you maybe, maybe you make it more like a racing-style game. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why not? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't think the Arkham model would work well for Flash. No, frankly. again, I mean, again, it's not. It's definitely not a character that would benefit from the Arkham model. You remember that uh, game? It was like a DC uh, multiplayer or online or something. Do you remember that? Like DC Online? Oh, yeah, yeah, DC Online. Yeah, I played that back in the day. Yeah, I did too. Now, that had speed characters. How did, uh, yeah. how did it treat but them? But the speed... But the speed was more about traversing, though. Mm. So every every character had a way to traverse. Like, obviously, some could fly. Mm. Um, others could do sort of like the Spider-Man, Batman gymnastics, sort of swinging, mm-hmm. jumping and swinging through the air. And, and their thing was just to, like, you could run up buildings and whatever. But when it came to the combat, you were still standing still fighting. Like, it's not like... Right, okay. It, the speed wasn't a part of the actual combat. It was more just about traversing, traveling. I liked in... Um... Uh, Injustice, how they would do Flash, how they'd have him doing the, the Actually, fast uh, the, Lego, the Lego games did it very well, but again, it's not a game set around Flash in that, but it was really cool that you could zip around mm. and, and and they had cool moments where you had to like chase Zoom. But again, that's not a whole game. That's just a segment. Yeah. That's just one small part of the game. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman game would have endless potential. She's already getting, she's already getting an Arkham game. Really? Is that true? Well, it's not, it's not Arkham, but it's a, it's a. Apparently, they're going to be doing a Wonder Woman game, but it's going to be a, more in the vein of um, Shadows of uh, Lord of the Rings: Shadows of War. That'd be cool. Shadows of War and all that, where there's like a nemesis system. I love that game. Yeah, so that if she's getting the the Shadow of War treatment, not the Arkham treatment. Actually, I've got an idea. Which is similar. Why don't you just put Wonder Woman in Shadows of Mordor? Finding all the goblins and stuff. There could be a mod for that, so you never know. Just do that. Like, mix up the two franchises. Wonder Woman meets Lord of the Rings. She's sort of like a Galadriel kind of figure. Well, it might actually be like that, because, I mean, do she, it, doesn't really have, she doesn't really have that many villains that you can do a nemesis. Cheetah, with, so. Dr. Psycho, yeah. Cheetah. You know, it's, a, it's I do love that when I make a statement, then you just throw out two names like, oh, my God, there you go. I just proved you wrong. I said two names. So she's got, like, that means she's got 50. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones. Um, all right. So Green Arrow. Yeah, Green Arrow is actually, not that I'm saying he's popular enough for a game, but he would definitely fit the style of an Arkham game. Yeah, street fighting and stuff like, oh, God. The, the, the people doing this list are fucking idiots. The- well, you know what is so sad? Like, um, they just did that not very well-received Gotham Knights game. Yes. Um, and you know what I thought to myself? I was like, you know what's so sad is how they always have to keep it in the Batman sort of family and all that. Like, mm. why why did you not do an Arkham-style game but do Birds of Prey? Mm-hmm. You know, where you have Bob, you know, you have Oracle, Bob, and you have Huntress, and you have uh, uh, Canary, and all that. And I thought to myself, that wouldn't have been much more interesting than just another fucking uh, Batman family-orientated game where the combat is exactly... Because don't forget, like, Huntress, she could be, like, with her bow, you know, her little crossbow Mm. guns, and Mm. then Canary could have the sonic screen. And you could have Harley with with a mallet as well. Harley I prefer, I prefer proper Birds of Prey, not the oh, not that geez. shitty version, thanks. Yeah, but like they've got to tie it into Batman somehow, so that would, you know. 
well, Barbara's the, the Titan. She is former Batgirl. What's she gonna be doing in a fucking wheelchair, man? Yeah, but that's the point. She's the person that's talking to you. She's yeah, the, yeah, good point, yeah, Alfred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, yes, I guess, but like, I agree. I would like, I'd love that game, but I would put Harley in it for a bit of name recognition as well. You know, don't forget oh, Harley's, fine. and I wouldn't play it, so that's fine. Well, just because of Harley. Mate, I've not played the new Lego Star Wars game because it has the three fucking movies in it. <laughs> yeah, but you're just an old stick in the mud. Like, let's face it. No, I just don't give people my money who fucking want to give me shit. All right, okay. Um, The next one is the new Teen Titans would add variety. Um, Yeah, well, I will say this. What does, what, what, what does that mean? I don't know. What does variety um, mean? <laughs> uh, focused on diverse, I think, because it's diverse, like different people. But also, it would be way harder because if you think of the Teen Titans, like the classic Teen Titans, the picture here, I, I've got Raven, I've got Starfire, Cyborg, Robin, who could easily be Nightwing, Kid Flash, Beast Boy, and uh, what's her name? Donna, Troy. Now, they're all such different powers that like that's not an Arkham game. You could make a game. No, that would that know. would be the uh, Mar- the Marvel Avengers game. Yes, yes, indeed. Did you ever play which that? Was, which was a colossal flop. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that's a completely different style of game. Yes, it would no, be DC. Oh, why would I? Why would I play that game when the main character is is Marvel? Just um, Marvel. Yeah, no. no, no one wants to do that. Nobody wanted that other than the fucking creator of Ms. Marvel and her family. Uh, now, the Birds of Prey, there you go, Rich, aren't a big departure from Batman. Um, blah, blah, blah. They tick a lot of the same boxes as the Batman does. They operate out of Gotham City sometimes. Uh, more straight-level heroes. They even have Oracle backing them up. Did you write this article, Rich? <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it was basically saying what you're saying. No, but, I mean, the people are, the people writing this are bound to have one good idea. Yeah, and, but, like, they didn't mention Harley, and that annoys me, you know? No, I said it was a good idea. Yeah, okay. Then they've got number three. Nightwing is basically fun Batman. Yes, Nightwing would be a very easy one to pick, but you wouldn't do, what do you call it, a triple-A game with Nightwing. I'm sorry. You would use Batman for that and maybe have a Nightwing submission or something. Um, You know, these people are idiots. Like, anyway. Oh, God, Zatanna? Jesus. Like, I like Zatanna, but how the hell is she at number two in this list? Zatanna. Like, that would be a justly dark game, wouldn't you think? Hey, you could do that. I mean, you could have a... Actually, you know what? Yeah, but you see, this is why I kind of feel like people get too caught up. And and this is what pisses me off. I'm just going to say, this is what pisses me off about Ubisoft. (laughs) Is... You, you you see, you get so fixated on one game where you're like, oh, all these should have the Arkham treatment. No, they shouldn't. Each game should be looked at for its own merits. Yes, sure. Birds of Prey, your idea for a Harley Quinn or whatever, um, Green Arrow, yes, that's more of a... That, that can fit. Mm. But then other games, maybe they should be more like a team RPG or maybe similar to like what the Guardians of the Galaxy game that just came out recently where you play a Star-Lord but you have the other three sort of... Um, Four, sorry, uh, sort of teaming up and helping you, mm. and they're kind of like as um, like a team, and you can use them to do comp. You know what I mean? Like, like 
not everything needs to fit one style of game. Everything can be a bit different. One could be a more of a, uh, you know, team RPG. One could be more of a solo Arkham style game. You know, fuck. Uh, one could be, uh, is it with a flash? Maybe one's more of like a Sonic type game where yeah. you use your speed to uh, bounce around, kill enemies. Maybe something like Green Lantern game could be a bit more of a, um, like a space flying shooter mm. type game with some, like, again, it's all going to be different. It can't just all be Arkham, 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 you know. Yeah. Ooh. Let's just do all Arkham style. It's like, no, man, come on, have some brain. Just say, these will be the great things that will make a good game. Like, these are properties or whatever that could have a good game associated with. Yeah, I still don't think Zatanna is in that list, but anyway. No, but uh, I do agree with you. That's what I said. As a RPG, maybe, a team, yeah, yeah. Um, League Dark yeah, RPG right. style team game, then yes, her and, and Swamp, um, thing. In it, Swamp Thing and... Dead guy, and then they all can do different things, and Who's they're all in guy? the group together. Dead man, a oh, dead man. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> dead guy. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 you know they they could all have different things, and maybe you got to switch to to dead man to take over someone or get to other side to unlock. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just a lot you can do with it. That's all I'm saying. Like I think people need to be more imaginative mm. than just go let's squeeze everything into one style of game. Okay. And that's why I don't like Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got that. Uh, then I think we we were leading up to number one. Um, oh, Jesus, like oh, it's actually not a bad one. Static both fits and breaks the formula. Uh, Static is a street level hero. Uh, that milestone guy, yeah, his electricity powers, doesn't he? Yeah, again, um, Static, and again, some of them could almost be in the vein of like Spider Man as well, where it's a bit more about traversing and having fun. Static could be a bit of fun because, well, any of the ones like Superman static where you could fly mm. or flash where you could traverse the entire city and stuff mm. like that. Could, that, that would be a lot of fun to like, take someone that's got a core cool mechanic of like, you know, Superman be really good because you can fly. And that means you get to fly around the city, um, you know, flash, you get to run around, run up buildings, all that sort of stuff. Mm. I mean, static would be an interesting. Yeah. You're, um, you're, I'm remembering hours. I'm remembering a PlayStation game infamous. I think it was called. I really enjoyed uh-huh. it. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, again, that could be like an, that could be exactly like a static because his his powers were electric as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I really did. You like those games? I, I dug. I them. did. They completely fucked it up with the third one, though. I didn't play the third one. I only played the first two. First I, one is still the best. First one was still the absolute best. Yeah, first one was the best. Uh, two was fun as well, but I I never I well, actually in fairness didn't even know that it was a third one. Um, so there you go. That really shows you how how they failed. But regardless, um, that was just a brief detour into into the internet from me just doing my research. Uh, now, we had Scream 6. No, hang on. I've mm. just added something to the news while you were talking. Since uh, you've been watching Smallville, I thought you might be interested in this news. Okay. Smallville's Jor-El actor, Julian Sands, is confirmed to have gone missing while hiking in the Southern California mountains. Uh, he's one of two hikers. Uh, let's have a look at this guy. Maybe I haven't reached it in... Um... He's been in a, a few things, Julian Sands. He was the warlock character from those old schlocky sort of 80s warlock movies. Okay. I have heard of them. Uh, I know he was in um, uh, Stargate. He's an uh, older guy. Jeez, he looks old. One as well, uh, when they moved to the, the new enemies. Right. So, what was his biggest thing? Um, uh, oh, yeah, I can see when he was younger, too. So, yeah, no, I do know this guy. Yeah, okay. 
and he was he was Jor-El in Smallville, was he? Yes. I thought Terrence Stamp was doing the voice of uh, Jor-El. Um, but maybe... I think they changed it. Yeah, okay, okay. They've changed that to, to Gillian Sands, who right now is missing in the desert, man. Lost in the desert. Yeah, apparently, yeah. It was just news that I just found out today. Um, Sad. That he's just gone missing, apparently. He went hiking and just... It can happen, um, man. It can happen, dude. You could fall down a fucking cliff or something. You know, game over. Injured. People looking mm. for you. Thirst. Dehydration. Thirst. And you certainly don't want that... Uh, what was that movie? Was it 48 Hours or something? Yeah, where you got to chop off his hand or whatever he did, you know? Or leg or mm. something. His arm. Never watched it. it. Never watched it. Um, too, too intense for me. Uh <laughs> You know, but he banged, yeah. That 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 guy did survive, didn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. still that around. Was the whole point of the story, yeah. Still around? Oh, uh, maybe. Let's have a look. What was it? What was it called? Forty Eight Hours. Mm. It had um, what's his name? Um, what's James his, Franco. James Franco. Yeah, I was like Mister Sex Scandal. I was trying to think what his name was. <laughs> well, that could be so many. Arguments. I know. What was it? was it? Forty Eight Hours? Is that what it was called? Yeah. James Franco. I think it was, was it 72 hours? What the fuck was it? 48 hours is the... I'm thinking... Oh, no, here we go. Maybe it's... Seven, no, it's J- James hours? Franco, 48 hours. Yeah. 127 hours. Jesus. Okay. So oh, wow. Okay. 127 hours. Uh, biographical, blah, 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 blah. Uh, can you need... Okay, so he's... Uh, he's still around. He's knowing for... He's a mountaineer, mechanical engineer, motivational speaker. Knowing for surviving a cannoneering accident by cutting off part of his left arm. Um, okay, so he's continued on. Um, he's continued on after the accident. He's basically he's he's still kept climbing mountains. Oh, he's got like a hook hand. Yeah, right. He's got mm. like a wooden hook. Ooh, I just yeah. found out some more news. What? What's going on? And Alec Baldwin is set to be charged with involuntary manslaughter for the shooting really? on the set of Rust. Wow, that is big news. So they're, they're, they're going to have an interesting time, though, getting a guilty verdict there, I would think. you know. Um, it, well, that's the thing. Involuntary means you didn't do it on purpose. So it's actually, I believe it's yeah. a lot easier to get an involuntary charge than a... Yeah. Yeah, premeditated one because again, involuntary means well, it was an accident. You know, like yeah. if you're driving your car and someone steps out yeah. and you don't see them in time or whatever, you can still be charged, like because sure. it's your word against them as to who. But you can still be charged with involuntary because you hit them. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, you know what kind of um. Wait, he's he's actually pleaded guilty apparently. Oh, so he's he's taken a plea deal, really. First Assistant Director David Hall says also pled guilty to the charge of the negligent use of a deadly weapon. So what? The he's, charges will be filed by the end of the month. Right, okay. Well, he's, he's probably... Amazing. Oh, my God. In New Mexico, involuntary manslaughter is a fourth-degree felony that carries a maximum sentence of yeah. 18 months. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. He's probably more worried about being sued. Um, oh, and to be fair, him having lots of money, I'm sure it'll be, a, a like, um, uh, what do they call it, like... Um, what do they when they kind of do? You get found guilty, but you don't say prison time. It's like house arrest, or yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. he's probably also worried about being sued because obviously he's got deep pockets, and so they're going to go after him 
in terms of Well, that. that's the thing, though. If you're pleading guilty, then you've just made it easier for them to sue you. Yeah, well, yes, but maybe... Because you've admitted, you've admitted fault. But he may have already settled with them. You know, that's what I'm saying. He may have done like... Or a... either that, or if he doesn't plead guilty, maybe it's a high... Maybe, I don't know. Or, well, actually, no, maximum. That's a maximum charge is 18 months. So maybe he's trying to get a reduced... I'll be surprised if Alec Baldwin does a day of genuine jail time. Um, uh, I think... Ah, uh, maybe. You know, Where's his snipes, dude? <laughs> yeah, but... Where... Yeah, that was just for tax evasion. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll closely monitor this that's story. That's shocking that 18 months. That's just It just feels like nothing, honestly. Like Yeah, well, you know... Year, a year and a half. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Scream 6, if you watch the trailer, Rich... No. Oh, come I on, man. I, I honestly didn't even know there was a trailer. Well, I put it in the show notes. So, you know, maybe but I should But I, I check it, it from time to... Uh, yeah, you should probably, because sometimes I check it from time to come and I might miss it. Because sometimes I don't go back to the top. I look to see if yeah, you yeah, added yeah. anything at the bottom. Well, anyway, there's a Scream 6 movie coming. I'm fucking pumped. And I've really been enjoying the whole resurgence of Scream over the last few years. Uh, for me, you know, I, I just think... Like, it brings back so many good memories from the 90s for me. In the late 90s, that original Scream. I'm just so glad that it's still going. When is this movie actually going to come? That's my question. Do we have a date here? Let's have a look. Uh, March 10, 2023. It's got Hayden Panettiere. She returns. Uh, Courtney Cox is all through the trailer. Um, Jenny Ortega um, is in it. it. I think it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a really good um, thing. I'm wondering if they would do a supernatural villain to mix it up. What do you think? Uh, I mean, you can if you probably want to piss off the hardcore. I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore. I've been there since the beginning. Yeah, but... The, you're a bit of a different beast, um, Dave, because you're you're a hardcore fan, but you also just like to like do batshit crazy <laughs> ideas and crap, which you know is is not everyone's probably cup of tea. <laughs> True. Um, uh, so Nev Campbell is not going to be in this one. She will be in the next two sequels. Um, I don't believe she felt that. Um, there was a the salary yeah, negotiation stalled, but they did say that they uh, that she was going to return. Um, I think for seven eight. I think there was there was comments there. Um, it's going to focus on other characters, particularly the four young survivors from the previous film. Um, man, I want to watch Scream Five again, which I enjoyed. Actually, have you been enjoying it, man? Like the oh, no, I don't. I don't watch the Scream movie. What's going on with you? You're all about slasher films and all this shit. No, what's... I like horror films. What's going on with you, though? Like, aren't you Mr. Horror? Yeah, what? slasher films aren't horror films. I find them horror films. They're the horror no. films I like. No, I'm sorry. I I, I, I know horror gets a pretty broad um, sort of terminology, but oh. slasher films are not horror films. Really? If if there's nothing supernatural about it, then it's not a horror movie. That's not true. There's been horror movies about like axe murders no. and no, stuff. No, 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 no. 
yeah, but I don't count any movie that's just about a person going around killing people. You, I, you can call it like uh, snuff films or, or suspense films or terror films or whatever you want to call it. But it to me, it's not horror because horror implies that it is something um, like from another, like another world or another like well, reality or something like that. To me, yeah. I like horror movies where the the bad guy is someone supernatural, where it okay, is something. Right. Well, they like call a this a slasher movie. film. It's called a slasher film. Yeah, that's my point. I think slasher is separate to horror. Like, I don't yeah. think... Now, there might be some crossovers, and, like with uh, Friday the 13th and and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's always going to be some crossover, but I do find those to be also horror slashers. But Scream is not a horror movie at all to me. I, I feel like it's completely to the to the other side. It's got a lot of comedy in Scream too, you know? Ah, but that's, I mean, that's probably maybe a Wes Craven thing as well, because a lot of his movies have a bit of comedy in them. I mean, yeah. I mean Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, Elm Street went from a bit of comedy to being an actual comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Wes Craven's got a bit of a sense of humor. Definitely. Well, it's got a good trailer. I will tell you that. It's This has got a good trailer. I am 100% going to rewatch Scream 5 uh, to get it. Yeah. To- look, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've just, I've. I've gone through so many in my life. I've gone through so many reboots and 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 uh, drying of the well when it comes to horror franchises and oh. and such franchises. I just don't care anymore, Dan. Like, I, I Dave, I, I I I don't care about the third reboot of um <laughs> um uh, Halloween. You know what I mean? I don't care. About I do. Third... I like those movies. No, but that's my point. I just I don't care about the third reboot of like Friday the Thirteenth. I don't care about like a continuation 20 years later of scream where we're just going to kind of tread like i don't know i love horror movies but now i'm i tend to try and look for maybe newer stuff and all that so like i've really been getting into the um uh, uh insidious movies although they're starting to probably wear out their welcome now mm-hmm. they started off really good uh like the conjuring mm. um i've enjoyed those three movies um I want to watch the Thai movie called The Nun. I'm I'm kind of at the moment now. I'm looking for maybe something that is a newer franchise than oh. something that's that's just rekindling the flame of an old franchise. I'm all about rekindling the flame. Now let's know, let's have a look here at the screen box office numbers. So the original screen, which I remember so well, and it, when it came out. I really felt that this was something people really dug this movie. On a forty million dollar budget, it turned one hundred and seventy three million worldwide. It broke one hundred million at the US box office, and I am telling you that you would probably remember, Rich, that this was a movie everyone was talking about when it came out. The original Scream, it made a big impact. Um, then you look at when they they did they did Scream two, Scream three. Let's have a look and see what Scream two did. My memory was that Scream 2 and 3 were good. They just weren't as good as the original. I, I, I enjoyed that's, that's, that's usually the case. Yeah, so Scream um, 2, okay, that made almost exactly the same amount of money, $172 million, um, on a slightly bigger budget. But um, and that was only a year after. I, I mean, less money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the return on investment. But, I mean, the actual... Um, the revenue is the same. Scream 3 came out in 2000. I, I enjoyed this one. That made 161 uh, on a bigger budget, though. So, diminishing returns. Then they kind of paused the franchise for a decade. And I remember when they were doing the next one, I was like, man, that has taken a long time. 
I think this was the first one, am I right in saying, without Wes Craven? It was either Wes Craven's last movie or he just died. It came out, it, it, it took under $100 million, um, just under $100 million. So it wasn't a smash hit. I did enjoy it. Then there was a massive, it almost felt like they'd retired. The, the concept Wes Craven had died. Um, they came out with Scream in last year. I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I thought it was like it's like those all those American Pie things and stuff. Like it's a franchise that they you know they they do sort of like drain the well fairly heavily. Um, but yeah, no, it made one hundred and forty, um, and I thought it was a decent film. And, and like, I'll definitely watch it again before this one. I watched all the Scream movies. Uh, again, before this came out, and, and the first three really held up. Scream 4, probably my least favourite, the one they did like in 2010, but I enjoyed Scream 5 uh, well enough, um, although I did have... Um, can I do spoilers, Rich? Do you care? No, I don't care. Had Dewey dying, which was very shocking to me, Dewey dying. Um, David Arquette's character uh, sadly passed away. Um, uh, yeah. He didn't pass away, Dan. Uh, Dave, he was murdered. Okay, well, that's true, yeah. Um, <laughs> it didn't die of natural causes, I guess you could say. Um, would you describe a guy, the guy who, yeah, assume this actor, you know, dies in the desert, would you consider that natural causes? I mean, it is death. Natural? Ah, I th- no. No. Um, it's, it's nature. Not, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I was gonna say it's, he's killed by nature, but it's not natural. Natural causes is 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 more like mean you die from old age. That's usually what natural causes okay, mean. Right, your, okay. your body just got to the point where it no longer functions, and it's natural to just shut down and you die. Okay, all right. Um, well, anyway, so Scream Six is coming. Rich, you've got to watch it for the show. I don't know. You've been slacking recently, and you need to you need to basically make an adjustment. And get out there and watch Scream Six. It is... I think you need to look up the definition of the word "need." <laughs> You're required to. Um, now we had our, uh, fa- you know, favorite uh, Patreon listener, Michael Kellishim. He emailed me. He's very much on your wavelength, Rich. He said more doom and gloom for Comicsology, and he he said because digital comics are breaking records. Amazon is laying a substantial amount of its workforce off. I like this line. Workers immediately impacted by the layoffs began getting locked out of work accounts while they were still figuring out what was going on. Um, <laughs> apparently, Amazon shared something 18,000 jobs. A lot of that was across the Amazon stores um, services, and which included Comixology, uh, Comixology program manager Scott McGovern confirmed via Twitter that he and numerous other staffers were affected. Uh, current and former Comixology workers who asked to remain anonymous because they're not authorised to speak to press told Polygon that staff received emails were informing of the layoffs. Then groups of people were pulled into separate meetings, depending on whether they were being let go immediately, laid off in a few months, or cut further into the year. Um, yeah. So... But, but, but graphic novels and, and comics are doing so well, Dave. I know, like, I know. It's... We're gaslighting everyone when we say that they're not doing well. It's like they're having the best years they've ever had now. They're like outselling the 80s, the 90s. 
Even the 2000s, it's the best ever time to be a Western comic book fan. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so there was... Jen speaks the truth about working in comicsology. Um, yeah, so let's let's have a look here what she's saying. Uh, having been there for a decade, uh, I've worked with some of the... Oh, so she's just going on about um, how great everyone is there. If you see former comicsology people looking for jobs, hire them, you know. Um, yeah. uh, vet them first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I tend to agree with you, Rich. But, like, they're, they're, I, I feel sorry for the people losing their jobs. Like, I mean, you know, like, it's not their fault. Um, the, the, I think, the, I think the pricing is still a problem. I think the pricing of digital comics should be lower. They should, you know, I, and they should be more aggressive in their sales techniques. Um, something's gone wrong. So, you know, like, it's weird. I, I was an early adopter, not even the earliest, but a relatively early adopter of reading on well, my iPad. But it's so, so this is interesting. There is so one thing I found out because that's always uh, angered me and frustrated me as well that um, digital is not cheaper. You know mm. what I mean? Where you're like, well, I I'm not getting a physical box. I'm not getting a physical this or a, yeah. I'm not getting the paper. And it's big. And, and and it's actually it's because it's a deal mm. um, that benefits the brick and mortar. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know. So that's why it's never until all the brick and mortar shut down. Mm. And then they're going to jack the prices up because that's the thing. Like the brick and mortars, I think is probably keeping it lower, mm. <laughs> even though it's expensive. Because if all the brick and mortars go and your only option is digital, mm. well, they yeah. can now jack the prices up, and now you're going to be paying more. I mean, I think it's stupid for them to do it, but you know them; they will probably fucking try and jack the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the prices up, and maybe after some backlash, they'll knock them down again. But you know that once all the brick and mortars are gone, they're going to jack the prices. up. Yeah, no, that would, yeah. Uh, they always, it's a profit first kind of like outlook always. And um, the sort of always, the attitude they have in general at these corporates seems to be, we, we're we not scared of audience drop-off if we can just cling on to a certain percentage and, and raise prices. And it's the game they play. And, and even Comixology sales, I've noticed, have become a lot less. Like, look at this, dude. This is bullshit. All Star Superman. So, All Star Superman, the del- so called deluxe edition, which is very similar to a normal fucking edition. Um, their normal price is fifty four ninety nine, US. Now, who is going to pay that for a digital copy of All Star Superman? And the sale price is nine ninety nine. I think the regular price should be nine ninety nine. Um, oh, there'll be someone that does it. Yeah. The, 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 you, you only need a whale. Mm. Like, that's the thing. You don't... When something's expensive, you don't need everyone buying it. You just need mm. some. Mm. Yeah. That's the whole point. You, you, are, you, you are Ahab, and you're chasing that whale. Like, the whale is going to give you... Who, okay, so let's say you sell 10 cheaper mm. ones to 10 people, or you sell one yeah, yeah. to one person. Well... You just made more money selling one. Look at this. Then... But look at this sale, okay? So, and I call it a sale in quotes. Batman, The Long Halloween. But it's not Batman, The Long Halloween, Rich. It's the spin-off Catwoman when in Rome. And it's 130-something oh. pages. Forty nine ninety nine is the regular Comixology price. Are they kidding? Sale price, thirteen ninety nine. Again, that should be the regular price. This is a slender fucking book. 
you know? It's a slender book. Um, their, their pricing is just, it seems so fucking random. It's almost like they don't want to shift books and they're not going to be selling stuff at these prices. Like, uh, these sales prices are what I would consider a nor- the normal price should be in most of these things I'm looking at now. And, yeah, you, you should not be selling a 130-page book for over $50 US digitally and thinking you're going to succeed. You know, that's it's just not going to happen. And, yeah, so it's, yeah, the, the, the DC sales are basically sucking on Comixology at the moment. I think they're treading water. Um, I think they're a joke. I think they're clowns. Um, are you in, are you in agreement, Rich, or have you got something different to say? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, uh, do they more care about their subscription service and the Comixology stuff? I don't know. But, but also, he, here's another thing that really grinds my fucking gears. So I'm a Kindle Unlimited member. Uh, I'm Amazon Prime. I believe Kindle Unlimited should be sh- and Audible should all be included in Amazon Prime. But anyway, mm-hmm. they've got they've got Comicsology Unlimited. But really, I believe if you have Kindle Unlimited, you should be getting access to the same shit as Comicsology Unlimited. They split the two, so they're fighting this war with themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, because- oh I mean, d- dude, but that's what they're doing on Prime as well. So when I first signed up for Prime. Every movie was on there, except for stuff that you needed to buy or rent, right? Yeah. Now, when I go onto Prime, mm. uh, I'll find a movie, but it's locked behind. Oh no, you need to sign up to MGM, or you need yeah. to sign up to Paramount, or you need to sign up for Stars, or you need to. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, mm. I get it. I look, and this is what pisses me off. Okay, cool. You got a very low price point of six ninety nine, right? Mm. I'm okay if you want to up that to fucking thirteen ninety nine, mm. right? Just give me access to all of it. Mm. Right, I, I'm okay with you, but I'm not okay with you charging me six ninety nine for this one, six ninety nine for this one, six ninety nine for this one. Say, just let me pay fifteen dollars mm. or whatever, and you give, as you say, you give me all the fucking movies, mm. you give me the the Kindle, whatever, you give me the music, you give me the Audible, but just give me shit, and I'll pay a bit more for it. But I'm not going to pay you individually, yeah, to, to add it on to to get my price up to like fucking fifty bucks a month, like yeah, no, yeah. And and what but what makes it even more weird is because as we all know, when they bought Comicsology and then they fired all those people in the first place, they really made the Comicsology reader really just the Kindle reader, you know, for comics. Um, but then they're still trying to have their cake and eat it and have Comicsology Unlimited and offer a lot of comics, but also on Kindle Unlimited you get a lot of comics as well. So it's. And yeah, but as I said, their, their plan, and I don't know how long their plan they, or they were going to take, to, but as I said to you from the start, their plan is to do away with Comixology. Mm. They bought Comixology to move all of those customers onto Kindle. Yeah. But that's so, why that's I think it. long-term that it makes more sense for me to, be, to stick with Kindle Unlimited and, and then just read them on my thing because all, all that stuff has migrated over. Like all the stuff yeah. that I've bought on Comixology, I could read on Kindle today if I want. Yeah, yeah. To. oh look, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't believe anyone should lose their stuff. I mean, if mm. they're smart, and that's how you can get the people to come over. Mm. But once you get all the people over, then that's it. You just shut the and by the way, then all those jobs go away, and you've just saved your money. You've just saved yourself money on salaries. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm not too. I mean, I I feel sorry for people losing their jobs, but I'm not too surprised. You know, it, it really seems like uh, oh. 
here's the thing. I mean, I do feel sorry for people losing their jobs in general, but at the same time, like, I kind of feel like you're all responsible for comics being where they are now, anyway. So, but how about know. how are they? How is an employee? A comicsology, they can't dictate the market. Like Amazon is running their race for them; they're setting the prices and stuff. Like they're working within, they're working within some constraints themselves. Like you know, like, yeah, I know. That's why I said I'm not blaming them, but I mean, but at the same time, these are they, you're working for the companies that are literally just ruining sure comics and pricing and the quality. I don't know. As I said, like I feel I don't know what I don't I don't ever cheer for someone losing a job, but at the same time, part of a a shitty system that I don't care about as well, and I mean, if it goes away, it goes away. Unfortunately, it means you lose a job. I'm not going to cheer, but I'm also not going to not going to weep. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Amazon's going anywhere, and I, I I think you'll still be able to read all your comics on your iPad or or your other device. So, like, the actual delivery system will remain. It's not going anywhere. I mean, the the back end of it is changing for sure. Um, they've obviously not had the penetration that they were hoping for. Like, that's something that's... And part of that is, I think, costing. And part of that is the deal they have with the stores, you know, um, to not undercut. Although they do do... um, Their sales now are undercutting the stores constantly. It's just not on the same-day release stuff. So they have... You know, shorten those windows before they. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you can get deals. I mean, it's the same. Like the DC, uh, even though the fucking app doesn't work properly, it's a good deal for all those old comics. Mm. But yeah, you're not getting anything new like that. Ten bucks or whatever you're paying a month or whatever, or twelve bucks. Yeah, it's great. You can read all these decades worth of old comics, but you ain't getting anything new. But as I said. It's not really a bad thing because it's not reading at the moment. Yeah, it's not like there's all these... It's not like it was in the early 2000s where you were just like, there was fucking titles rich. When I went to the comic store, seriously, man, like there were titles I was hungry to fucking read. I didn't walk in there on a weekly basis thinking, oh, is there anything I want to read? You know, it was like... it was. You had to sometimes, for cost considerations, drop stuff, you know? Yeah, well, that's what I said to you... um, Way back in the show, I said back in the day, there were more titles than I had money. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in sure. a position where I have more money than titles that I want to read. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saving a lot of money now. But that's the same because back in those days, if they, man, if they would, if they were pumping out the same quality crap, oh, yeah. that I, when I was hungry and 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 didn't have the money, when I have the money now, yeah, if they were pumping, oh my god, they'd be, they would be making so much money off of me and probably others, but. What it is, what it is. So I've got a question for you. Was you know when um I always remember going to your house and your your apartment and you had all that Blackest Night stuff. Was that the peak of your comic book collecting? Because you had all the tie-ins. I remember I was loving it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably when I was um co- that was when I was having the easiest time collecting because oh. that was obviously there was more comic book shops oh. um uh going around and. I was getting everything Green Lantern. You because, were in again, Parramatta. Yeah. Was, were, were you were you shopping at Phantom Zone then? Yes. Yeah, yeah, in Parramatta. And occasionally, and occasionally going into the city. But all the Phantom Zones have closed. I yeah. think even Comic Kingdom is gone. Yep, 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 yep. Terrible. You know, so literally, we, we only have now one 
There's only one comic book shop, really. Oh, there's two. There's one in Liverpool still. Yeah, the there's Liverpool the, the Liverpool one. There's the, there's there's uh, King's Comics. There's Kinnikania. They have a very no, nice... I don't. Yeah, no, but they do graphic novels. I'm talking about the comic oh, book shop. Like, oh yeah, but they they got I a mean, huge comic when I, book. When I library. first moved over here, I think there was at least eight comic book shops. Sure. We're now down to two. So I'm just. But saying. I would I would count Kinnikania. They they do sell a lot of comics, man. I don't count. What? No, they don't sell comics. They sell graphic novels. I oh, cannot go the in there and get paperbacks. the. I cannot go in there and get the monthly comic. Yeah, but you get all the trade paperbacks. That does, but that just makes you a bookstore, Dave. It doesn't make you a all comic right, book. But, but, but regardless, they are cutting the lunch of um, of those so-called specialty comic book stores themselves with their sales. I know they're not getting. I mean, the, they're cutting the them sure with a graphic novel, but yeah. I mean, if someone wants to collect comic books and go for back, well, they have. They can only. They can't sure. go to Kunikia. So that's my point. True. It's not the same. True, the same but thing. it's very similar. Like they're, no, Rickety you know. is a bookstore first. I mean, eighty percent of their their store, their floor is books, is mm. novels, and only twenty percent. But you go oh, in actually, no, I it's actually changed now. I think maybe five, five to ten percent is is Western now, and yeah. the other is Munger. So oh, Munger's massive there, you know. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I still wouldn't even count them as that. I, I just see them but, as a bookstore. But, dude, their, floor, bookstore. their floor space for trade paperbacks and omnibuses dwarfs kings. It does. Seriously. Like, yeah, because they're a bookstore and they deal in, in books and they've got the floor space because they're a bookstore. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, like, I know that uh, apart from the weekly comic, okay, in every other sense... They're in the exact same market space when it comes to those copies of, like, you know, Immortal Hulk Volume 3 or whatever. You know, like... I, yeah, I agree to disagree. Well, it, it affects... A bookstore is a bookstore and a comic book store is a comic but book dude, store. It, it affects... There's overlap, but they set, but they're two different things. Well, there's overlap, but it, it's overlap that affects the comic book stores. Like, King's... Sure, comics, I'm not yeah. saying that they, because they're a big bookstore, that they're not... Having a bigger range, I'm just saying they. It's not. The, it's not the same thing. It's not the same, but it's. It is when you've got someone two blocks away, who's pricing slightly lower or equal, and has more product on the shelf than the specialty comic book store, and they do. They have more manga and more Western comics on their shelves than the specialty comic book store two blocks away. That yeah, is, but, you know, direct But, again, the difference is when you go to a comic book store, you're not going to a comic book store to necessarily buy a graphic novel. You can go there and say, oh, can you order me that graphic novel that's coming out? Or there's a graphic novel I want you. You, you go to a comic book store because you want the monthly floppy that's just come yeah, out. Yeah, but, like, that you floppy market. That floppy so my market point is, is you're not going there for a graphic novel, though. If you you're going to be. a comic book shop, you're not going for a graphic novel. You're going for comics. Well, it depends on people. I, I mean, that depends on the, like these days the weekly comic book, you know, the 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 floppy, the single, whatever you call it, that has drastically reduced from where it was twenty years ago. the 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 market has switched a lot to the selling of the graphic novels, as we call. It. I call them trade paperbacks because they're just collections. But regardless, whatever you call them, the the market has flipped to that a lot more. Um, but if you're an old school. And you're like, you know, those dollar bin divers and I want to collect a full run of, you know, X-Men. Yes, I would go to King's Comics. Okay, okay. So this is the, 
yeah, that that's that's the diff- the, the, the difference is the comic book shop is a specialty shop. Mm. Okay? And Kunikini is not a specialty shop. No. They they are the yeah. mega mart. They yeah. stock everything. Yes. Comic book shops are, are in they're a, a specialty store and that's why I say they there's overlap of course because yeah. they sell the same stuff, but that's like there's overlap between me and Big W. Yeah. Uh yeah. A, a marketing but we don't sell clothes. So my point oh, is, yeah, it's like yeah. it's always going to be overlap, but they're not the same. No, I hear. Thing now, well, yes, still in take terms of the graphic. No, yeah. but I'm saying in terms of graphic, not, yeah. But I mean, that's the same as Amazon. Amazon's eating the comic book stores lunch as well. Yeah, it doesn't mean Amazon's a comic book store. <laughs> like no. they're a massive corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, online shop. So to me, it's not the same. But yes, there is overlap, and yes, they are hurting. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing that they're not hurting them. Yeah. But the one thing that you cannot get at Kunikinir is True. floppy comic books. True. And old issues as well. That's what I mean. Well, any yeah. floppies, anything, yeah, anything yeah, that's yeah. an old issue, new issue, you cannot get floppies. I'd at, be interested, like, yeah, yeah I, we, we actually agree. Uh, I'd be interested to know what kind of numbers, um, like, Kings do on, on, firstly, on weekly floppies. I'd love to know the, the level uh, even in terms of percentage, are they up, are they down from 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And I would love to know how they do with the old, old stuff, you know, all that stuff that's in the, um, you know, the filing cabinets or whatever you call them, like the long boxes and all that stuff. Like, I, I wonder how big a part of their business that is, like in terms of revenue on a weekly basis or monthly basis. I'd love to know that. Well, uh, I, I think everyone would love to know that, and I think they're bad, which is why you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like, if I'm – and no slight on Kings, because I love Kings, but, like, just in terms of the industry at the moment, I, I would be surprised if they're huge. Although, I'll tell you something funny. Um, my, co- my coffee shop's right next to Kings, and um, so I always – even though I only go in Kings occasionally – I all, I walk by it every day, and I always have a look. Um, you know, I go I go in probably once a month, but um, I was going to get my coffee the other day, and for whatever reason, I was coming in to work later. I forget why, and they open at ten, and there was a queue outside at ten. Like it wasn't a long queue, but it was like a queue of like uh, you know eight or ten. It was about ten people, and I actually said to my coffee guy, I go, I wonder if there's something. Of note, it was just odd. Like you don't normally see. It was a random day, um, but I remember. I mean, it was twenty years ago. God, we're getting old. But but it was twenty years ago. I remember going into. It used to be Wednesdays was the comic day, and I'd go in there on Wednesday, either lunch or kind of afternoon tea time. You know what I mean? Because I was working shift working, and um, you'd come in, and there was tons of people in the store on those days. It was busy. You know, like, mm. do you remember that? Like, it was there was a real atmosphere. Like, the store could be dead on other days because I worked right near them. You know, you could go in there on a random day that wasn't a new comic book day, and it would be pretty dead a lot of the time during the day. But it was fucking bustling uh, on those new comic book days. The Wednesday Warriors oh, was yeah. still a thing. Oh, right? oh, Jesus, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was gonna. That that was that was the day you went because <laughs> that's when the new books were out. The new books were out, and and yeah, they they had multiple people working their counters. It's completely changed, and it's not them. It, 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 I honestly believe. Uh, look, every business may have a misstep and stuff, but I I think it's more that the the market has shifted. 
you know, I, I just feel that somewhere along the way, and it's a combination of things, it's pricing, yes, it's quality, but I think it runs deeper than quality as well. I, I, I feel like they've, I don't know, maybe they didn't pivot hard enough, but then again, I, I don't know, something's happened where I feel that that, that rush has gone, you know? Like, if I went into the store, and I should do as an experiment, I should go in there on a new comic book day at around the same time and see if there's anyone in there, you know? And because when I go in there, there's a few people, you you know, sometimes very few. But a lot of the time that was the case on, like, a Monday or a Tuesday. But if I went in there on, like, a Wednesday or a Thursday at lunch, I wonder if it'd still be busy. What do you think, Rich? No. No. Well, the thing is, I think now, well, it's different now because I think a lot of people also just get it um, sent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, we, we live in the age now where, yeah, they may have a standing order at the shops. Yeah. But they're probably like, ah, just mail it to me. I don't feel like going into the, yeah. especially now over the last three years, even more so, I think, mm. um, as, as that has happened. So, um, I, yeah, I just... I don't know. As I said, every time I've gone there, it's never been busy. Like, mm. and I'm, I'm also it's changed now because now you've got two different comic book days. Before yeah. it used to be the same. Now it's oh, uh, right. Wednesday and Thursday now, I think, or something. Right, or, right, right. DC and Marvel have different days yeah, now. Yeah, DC and Marvel are different. So uh, I, totally I forgot don't know. about that. Yeah, I completely forgot about that actually. Probably because I just don't care. I'm like, wow, the new Marvel comics are out for the fucking week. Oh wow. I'm I'm hugely unexcited. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very unexcited. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I said this. I said this earlier today. I've you know, like w when you're a fan of something, right? It's like there's almost like there's the stages, you know, like where there's the stages of grief and all that sort of stuff. Sure. But there is a stage where you you go from like just like loving, you know, just you, you you're having the time of your life. Mm. You, you, you're loving what you're doing you you wish you could do it more and and then the, i got to the point in my life where like i was getting upset i was getting like angry grumpy um and you grumpy know, because, rich we know yeah, him because, we know grumpy rich yeah well it's because i wasn't enjoying you yes. know what i mean like i wanted to enjoy the thing that i've been enjoying for pretty much my whole life right sure since i was 10 years old i've been reading comics right that's a big chunk of my life that's i thought you were going to say the touch of a woman or something and i was like yeah okay but <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's earlier than that. Um, <laughs> um, no, so you know what I mean. So I mean, that's that's most of my life. I mean, for yeah. for for you know three quarters of my life, yeah, yeah. comic you know comic books or Star Wars or whatever they they've been part of my life. So to get to the point where I'm, you know, it's almost like almost like a bad breakup. You start with anger, you start with resentment, mm. but now I've just gotten to the point where it's just apathy, where it's mm. just like. You know, I'll read that they've done this to this character, whatever. And now, instead of me going like, "How could they?" Now I just go, "Whatever." I'm not reading. Who gives a shit? Like, you know what I mean? So they they don't even get anger from me anymore, mm. or frustration. They literally just get nothing. Apathy. Like just uh, just Apathy. yes, a deadpan look of like, "Am I supposed to care?" Which is a bad sign, um, for them really. And you know, yeah, I like they've kind of dug their own grave. I I wonder now though. This is something I always ask myself, like. Because we've become disenchanted, you know, with the current stuff, I, I, I just wonder if I'm missing some of the, especially some of the miniseries where they put creators on 
that I might like. I wonder if I'm missing out a little Look, bit. It's it's always possible because the thing is, like, there's always going to be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, and that's with anything. But the problem is, is you get to the point where you're like, do I really want to have to wade through so much shit yeah. just to find one? You know what I mean? Like, do I really want to have to read? 15 shitty books yeah, 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 yeah. to find one good book. You know what I mean? No, because back in the day, I could read 15 books, mm. five of them might be shitty and 10 of them were really good mm. or really good to, to like outstanding, you know? And so you were like, okay, well, you know, five didn't hit for me, you know, whatever it's, it is. What it is. I, as I said, I'm not reading 15 to, to, to be like pissed off with or, or unimpressed with 14. Mm. I need to find the one. It's, it's, it's not worth it, and no. I'm certainly not spending that. You know what I mean, like that coin. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I'm still like I'm still reading stuff and stuff, but now it's more like not necessarily indie stuff, but like independent stuff and 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 smaller things and yeah, you know uh, the other publishers. Like you know, I'm always interested in looking for something from Dog. But again, even they closing. You know what I mean? Like w very poorly. Um, you know, uh, what did we say last week? Who was closing down? Aftershock. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's going to be even harder to find <laughs> some of the stuff because uh, one most book, of them are going out of business. So. One book that I want to read, and we'll do it on the show within the next couple of months, is Batman Reptilian with Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. I believe it's a um, King Croc story with Batman. Like, I'm I'm happy to read, like, when one of the older writers come back, like mm. J.M. or... Mm. Or, or whatever. If if you know if they if they're telling me that Chuck Dixon was going to do you have oh, a close. short Batman run or do a oh, miniseries, yeah, yes. I'd fucking buy that. I'd buy it in a hot a heartbeat. Yeah, but, but did, did, does it suck that I'm not going to discover some new writer because I just don't care anymore? Yeah, it does suck, but that's 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 the grave that they've dug. That's the that's position true. they put me. It's true. No, it's very true. I man. didn't put myself there. They put me there. So they put you there, <laughs> man. They you know? they dug their grave and they they laid you know you know. Um. Okay. So. We've covered this. Now let's keep this party rolling. Let's keep this train rolling down the road. Oh, by the way, I want to say shout out to Elton John, who's doing his farewell tour and just played Sydney. Man, I really wish I'd gone. I saw Elton 10 years ago, or maybe eight years ago. Fantastic show. Ever seen him live, Rich? No. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, where the dogs of society lay. I love Elton. I love, I, I think he's fantastic. Crocodile Rock, Rich. Got a favourite Elton song? Uh, no. Uh, oh, come on, Elton, Rich. No, no, no. Elton John is one of those guys where Jesus. if his song comes on the radio, I will listen to Um, I don't have an, like, I don't have a problem with his music, but he's, he's not a favourite artist of mine. Really. Wow. How does it feel to be so dead inside, Rich? Like, really? I'm not dead. I enjoy, I, if a song comes on, I'm happy to listen to it. Like, but song I'm not, you. but I'm not an Elton John fan where like, I'm like, oh my God, this music so fucking awesome, I must collect the record. I am. Or... I am. No. I but am, that's man. Fine. I mean, music yeah. is subjective. No, I don't think so. I think Elton's one of the greatest of all time. Um, oh, man. Just, it just People say that about uh, the Rolling Stones, and I'm also not a big Rolling Stones. I fan. love the Rolling Stones, Rich. What have you got against these classic guys? I don't know. They're just, again, it's music, so it doesn't resonate. With I can't me, get you know? no satisfaction. Can't get no. Ooh. I have, do have a recommendation for any listeners out there. I discovered a really, really good band. And maybe I'm coming late to the party, what? but it's called Dance with the Dead. That's what the band's called. It's, called that, it's eh? kind of like a synthy 80s rock. Um, That's cool. Uh, sort of thing and all that. It's really, really, really What's really, it called? Really cool. Dance with the Dead. Yeah, Dance with the Dead. That sounds cool. Okay. All right. Well, I'll check that out. 
Um, you've redeemed yourself a little bit after those Elton comments, which were not favourable to the great man. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and well, again, I don't hate him. I don't have an issue with him. Yeah, I'm not. If yeah. anyone says they're an Elton fan, I say, great, nothing wrong with that. You know, good yeah. on you. Like, it's not one of those things where someone goes, man, I really love Justin Bieber. And I go, oh, fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not one of those things. I don't have any issues with people liking Rolling Stones. It's the same. YouTube, uh, YouTube never, YouTube. you know, again, another popular thing, but I just never, YouTube's music just never really did anything for me. It didn't. I like their big hits of U2. They, I, I was a yeah, big Yeah, my U2 uncle fan. was a massive um, yeah. U2 fan. I just, again, it just doesn't, I don't know, music's one of those things I think you feel it. Like, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just something where it's, I don't know if it's got to do with your ears, your brain, your soul, whatever, but this certain music either connects and hits with you. And what about the doors? What about the doors? Uh, yeah, I like the Doors again. Love far. Love I, I don't own any of the albums or anything. L.A. Woman, L.A. Woman. Oh yeah, man, I used to love the Doors back in the day. Um, all right, well, let's get off this topic. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, Rich, other than you know, you need to smarten up. Now you'll be very excited, Richard. Marvel has announced the Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be available to stream on Disney Plus starting Feb one. Finally, you're gonna get your chance to catch up with all the Wakanda crew, Shuri, Iron Wakanda gonna, forever. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever, Shuri's not, gonna be there. Iron forever. <laughs> yeah, what's his name? Um, what was it? The T'Challa dead, unfortunately, Rich. Mm-hmm. I believe they. Dead. Dead, dead, dead. dead is dead. And they brought up um, Iron, whatever his name was, and Michael B. Jordan, I think, is going to be appearing in the spirit realm. Um, will you watch it on Disney Plus? Because I will. I will watch it on Disney Plus. I haven't seen it so far. Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I will remind you, you're on a hit comic book and comic book movie podcast. And, oh, dear. Yeah. And I think that it might be time to call you in, Rich. To nope. watch what kind of favor? Nope, you know. nope, 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 nope. <laughs> not even your girlfriend. She wouldn't say just throw it on. I'm like, oh, I'm oh like a... no, she's she's not a um, Marvel. She, she doesn't care about those Marvel movies or DC movies at all. Okay, all right. Well, I'll take one for the team and I'll watch it, and we'll find out what it's like. Now, what have you got here? I get okay, Dave. I'll tell you this. I I I'll watch the Guardians three. Okay. Yeah, we'll watch Guardians three. Yeah, of course. Why not? And you know what? I'll even watch Ant-Man 3. Mm. Well, I was going to suggest... But that might be it. That might be it. I don't know if I'm interested in anything else. You've got to keep watching the mainstream ones for the show. But um, I was going to say to you, um, maybe you and I could have a date and go see Dungeons & Dragons because I want to see it in cinemas. And Michelle was like, Ugh. And I was like, well, I can solo it, but I can ask Rich. So if you want to come... Dungeon Dragons with me, you can. It'll be my shout as well. There you go. I'll sweeten the deal. Fair enough. If, if you're paying, that's fine. I'll sweeten the fucking deal. I knew I'd have to sweeten the deal. Okay, so we'll do that. So that's official. Um, now, you've got some news about the co creator Rick and Morty. What's happening with him? He's a wife feeder. Is it alleged Ow. or is he guilty? Uh, no, apparently he not guilty, but he's, he's awaiting trial on mm. domestic violence charges. Wow. Domestic violence. What's his uh, name? Um, Justin someone. Justin Roiland. Roiland. So he hasn't been able to wash this away. It's come back to haunt him. 
apparently so. Um, so, Justin Rollo, who croquet amnesty for when trial and charge of felony domestic violence against a former girlfriend. Mm. Right. So, he's obviously being charged and mm. he's awaiting trial, I guess. Mm. Um, he's pleaded not guilty, but I mean, this is from May 2020, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- this is not new news, but obviously it's resurfaced. I think I um, read that it wasn't picked up on at the time, and then it, the court hearing was coming up, and that was when they, um, that was when it hit the news again. It, it, it seemed like, you know, he, it just didn't, it just didn't make the mainstream news when it originally was, he was charged, but then of course... Uh, as the pre-trial hearings continued. Um... Hang, on, hang on. A criminal complaint obtained Thursday by the Associated Press from prosecutors in Orange County, California, charged Roland, 42, with corporal injury and false imprisonment mm. by menace, fraud, violence, or deceit against the woman whom he was living with at the time. The woman is not identified. Uh, wow, that's a that's a lot of charges. <laughs> it is a lot false, of charges. False imprisonment by menace. Jesus Christ! Is he holding well, what's against that? Is holding against the will in the room. You know that kind I'm of stuff. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that if he's if he's beating the shit out of women and menacing them, he must be a male feminist. <laughs> is that right? I mean, that's usually the, the way it goes, isn't it? I just hate that term, male feminist. Um, I, only because I just think it's bullshit. Like, like you well, can be, you can be supportive, you a woman, but, you know. you, you're a feminist, aren't you? Like, what I does it matter? So, yeah. if, like, isn't that the whole point of feminist? Is that you believe in? Equal, like, why say male? But it's feminist? usually a term used by these. Uh, what do you call it? Fucking guys who are um, really trying to. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna them. ask Google. Is Justin Rowland a feminist? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Rollins, I've never heard of him in my life. Uh, he'll be worth a lot of cash, so he'll have a lot riding on this. Can you imagine? Like, this guy, he's created Rick and Morty. He'd be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and it, with Dan Harmon as well. So now it's, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what goes on here, really. Um, he settled a sexual harassment suit in 2019. Uh, Squanch Games. <laughs> which is co-founded by Rick and Morty creator Justin Rowland, quietly settled a sexual harassment suit. Oh, okay, maybe he's not. According to this, someone someone wrote on YouTube, Rick and Morty creator Justin Rowland falsely accused by a feminist man-hater. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's yeah. not, maybe, maybe he's been targeted because he hates. Yeah, here we go. According to the suit, former employee Sarah Dukakis alleged alleged that she was sexually harassed and belittled by then technical director Jeff Dixon, who reportedly forced unwanted hugs on her and questioned her intelligence and competence. He also allegedly told her once that a T-shirt she wore with the words, the future is female, made him sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it sounds yeah, like... Yeah, that would, that would make me sad. Yeah, it's a pretty bullshit T-shirt. But, um, but anyway, so that was more the, the company settled a sexual harassment suit rather than... Um, than him in a personal sense. So anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, oh, fuck this guy. Like, let it fucking ride. I mean, he hasn't been able to pay her out. That's that's obvious. That's obvious. He hasn't been able to settle it out of court, you know? Well, look, he may be a big name with a publisher, but I don't think he's some sort of, like, multimillionaire or anything like that. Oh, I guarantee you he's a multimillionaire what a, in the sense that he's worth more than one or two million. I'm... I yeah, but can't tell you. your worth is not exactly the same as having money. Yeah, all right. 
So oh, that means you don't have I money reckon, to pay Dude, I reckon if, you, if you're a co-creator of Rick and Morty, you're doing pretty well. You know, like as people say, like when people say, oh, you know, Elon Musk is like a billion dollars. It's like, no, he doesn't actually have a billion dollars in his bank account. That's just his worth <laughs> of like yeah, companies. Yeah, he could, get, a, he could get access. I mean, he's, No, well, know. I mean, depending on what you need it for. I mean, if it's company money, if that's your net worth and it's wrapped up, it's a bit hard to get that money out. I'm just saying, I don't know what he makes. I know he's famous for Rick and Morty, but what else is he famous for? I mean, come on! It's not like he's this mega Uber guy who's like done. Yeah, so many but dude, I mean, he, but dude, Rick and Morty gener- generates a lot of stuff. You know, yeah, but he's just a co-creator of that. Maybe the money is split and he doesn't get that. I don't look. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't. Unlike you, I don't always necessarily uh, just assume everyone's rolling in the dough. Well, I, I I would say he's in a pretty fucking comfortable. I'm not situation. saying he's, he's. I'm not saying he's borderline fucking. You know, uh, poor or destitute or that he's, he's just living. By his means, but he might not have that sort of money to just pay off someone. He doesn't well, how maybe much? have that. I mean, this is the thing. Probably, if you pegged ten million of this, it'd go away easily. I don't think he has ten million, bro. You don't reckon he's got ten million? No, I don't think he's got ten million that he can just go here. You go and be like, cool. That was like we're throwing ten bucks at the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, but also she may have a case. Like let's not forget it. Like oh we, look, possibly, as I said, I mean. We, we, we uh, don't know the ins and outs of it. Like, we'll, we'll keep following it. It's on our radar now. I mean, look, it's, it's always difficult with domestic violence stuff and all that because you know. Look, I I know of bad guys, but I've also known of bad women, um, who have um, you know, falsely accused guys and stuff and all that. Like that's happened. I, I I remember there was a guy that I used to work with, right? Really nice guy, mm. you know, but a bit of a bro dude and all that. He had a really ugly breakup with this chick, right? And um, she attacked him the one time when he was trying to pick up his stuff, right? And yeah. he had scratches, I'm not joking, all over him, right? Really? His face was scratched. She was just fucking... And when the cops rocked up, yeah. they literally treated him like a criminal. Yeah. And were like, you know, you need, you know you're a fucking abusive and you, you, know, you touch her. And he's like, I haven't fucking done anything. Look at me. She attacked me, but the he gets treated... You know what I mean? So... Yeah. It's always tough. With these things, I never say yes or no or, like, oh, oh the chick is lying. It's just that it could go either way. Like, that's mm. the thing. It's it's toss a coin because without knowing all the facts, one of them is definitely possibly lying. So. Sure, man. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, definitely. There's two sides to every story, especially when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, no. I mean, there's generally one side to a story. <laughs> what do you mean? People always say there's three sides to a story. Yeah. Your version, my version, and the truth. I that's I agree with that. Yeah, but in terms of uh, the court case, she's going to be pursuing her own angle. He'll have his no, own no, no. angle. I, I get, okay. I think you what you're saying is that everyone's got their point of view, but there's only one truth. He, either he did it or he didn't. Like it's not like yeah, oh, but, my... yeah, but like yeah, the, yes, that is. I agree. In reality, true. Yes, indeed. But but unless there's video footage, it's all going to be. At all witnesses, it's going to Oh, God, yeah, yeah, down, yeah. That's what I said. You know. If it just comes down to a he said, she said, it's going to be very hard to... That's what improve. I'm saying. Of course, yeah. If you had the cameras rolling every second of your life and it was like not a, uh, a, a situation where, you know, the footage captured everything, if it was a situation where the footage captured everything, yeah, you would get the complete truth, uh, you, know, to, you know, as close as possible. But... If it's going to break down the he says, she said, it could come down to text messages. That's often why they get them now, text messages, 
um, you know, admittances, all sorts of stuff. Like, but even that can be twisted. I mean, it's possible to manipulate someone into kind of confessing uh, or being led down a trail of texts. It, it can. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it always happens, but it can happen. You know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of toxic behaviour out there, and that that's that's both men and women. I mean, I'm not. This is neither fucking sex or gender or whatever you want to call it is innocent here. No, like, because that's I, I hate people that be like, oh, all men are this, all women are this. No, like, no people <sighs> are shitty. Yeah, it doesn't matter what doesn't matter your your race, your gender, your ethnicity, your sexuality. Yeah. People are shitbags or not shitbags. That's, that's simple true. as that. Oh, I agree with that, man. I agree with that. And so, hey, look, we'll see how the sun rises and falls on this story. But as you said, um, it's been rolling on now for a couple of years, so there's there's obviously something to it. You know, and she's... although I mean, to be fair, if, Jesus Christ, you, you can get charged for something, and it could literally take years before you even go to trial. So, it can. like, it can it can? Um, and he's kept it quiet. You know, he's it's he, he, fine. Yeah, he definitely has. So this was this one's. I think someone either found it by accident, or maybe yeah. someone just happened to know him yeah. while they were at like the courts and heard it. Like, it, yeah, this was very, very much kept quiet uh, yeah. because. I thought it was like something recent. I was just like, oh, he's been charged. He's beating the shit out of women. And then it's like, oh, no, this is from actually two years ago. Yeah. Almost three years ago now. Well, um, we've got some Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft. Now, I'll kick off with the first piece of news, and then I want you to take it away because you've done some research here. Uh, the next Assassin's Creed, a Creed game, next Assassin's Creed game, sorry, my uh, hangover's kicking in here, uh, is smaller because past games got way too big. This is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, Ubisoft said fans were getting tired of the massive RPGs, which definitely was Origins and um, Valhalla. They were definitely big games um, and wanted something smaller. Now, I don't necessarily want anything smaller. I'm a no. big Ubisoft fan. What's going yeah. on, Rich? No, this is Ubisoft learned, like talking shit and, and, and claiming the wrong things. People don't... People want a big fucking massive game. They just don't want a, op- a big massive Ubisoft open game where, yeah. as I've said, where it's littered. Like, some people might. They want all the icons and go, I'm going to go do all this crap and all that. Fine. But I think when people say that they don't want such a... Uh, when people complain about Ubisoft, it's not the size of the map. Because mm. uh, Elden Ring is a massive game. Yeah. Right? Elden Ring's map is, is pretty fucking massive. And mm. even uh, Ghost of Tsushima... You know, it's it's a pretty uh, biggish map, and all you get to ride around. It's just that people just don't want clutter. Yeah, like they don't want a big thing that's just like because the problem is, especially for gamers, right? And this is the <laughs> this is why some gamers are gamers are generally completionists, right? Mm. Like if you get a game, you want to do everything that's in the game because otherwise you don't feel like you did the game. Yeah, yeah. and that's where people get burnt out with Ubisoft games is because they're like they feel like they should do it because well, I'm a game, I want to complete the game, I want to do everything they put in the game. But then they're just like, oh my god, it's like, I fucking just want this game to end up in playing it for 100 hours and it, now. It's quite repetitive, a lot of... I mean, I play a lot of Assassin's Creed, and once you get to it, like... Once you've played a lot of it, uh, you kind of... it is There is a rinse and repeat factor. Would you agree? Oh, god, it's copy-paste, man. It's, mm. Yeah, copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste. And that's what people don't want, is... And this is what I was saying to you last week. It's fine to have an open world game and all that, but have st- I would rather have less things, but have them be more impactful, more memorable, mm. and mean something than just like twenty to thirty of the same copy paste 
fucking like forts or mm. you know farmsteads that I have to free or you know like it's like get, make it feel like I'm doing something that matters, not just like oh who cares? It's another f- it's farm number twenty six. I've got to fucking liberate yeah. him so yeah, that yeah. it marks it off on the map and blah blah blah. And I get well, the hundred percent. in Origins, the area. in Origins, are and I loved Origins. I mean, I love this game. Uh, a lot of those Roman forts started to feel very similar, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. there was... Valhalla mixed it up a bit. I, I, I think Valhalla did mix it up a little bit. But even then, I got to the very end, the very, very end, and I finished the game, and I still hadn't done all the... all the Valhalla story arc. Uh, you know, I'd done two-thirds of it, and I was just kind of burnt out, you know what I mean? Like... And I still, I've got a tiny bit to do. And then there's a, um, what do you call it, spin-off game. Not spin-off game, like an expansion that I had, that I, even though I own, I haven't played. Be- only because I just played so much uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla that I just needed a break. You know, like, and I know what it's going to be like, too. I know how the game's going to be. Maybe a few little puzzles, but I know the battles and I know how strong my guy is, and I'm just kind of well, like, you know, yeah. That that I, I guess that's what like I I really got sucked into Elden Ring, right? Uh, because while it's a big open world, it was just the exploration that kept me going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that there was no there's no markers on the maps or anything like that, right? I mean, yes, when you when you discover a. Uh, um, uh, no, no, they're called bonfires in that. Um, I know the way you're talking about the campsite you things. Know, yeah, the big yellow, I can't remember what Embers they're called. or now. something um, they're called. Ashes. But anyway, when you find that, they'll mark that on the map for you, right? And, and when you discover something like a ruin, it will then mark it on the map for you, okay? Mm. So that you, you you know where it is. But that's, I guess, what kept me going was just like, I wonder what's over there. Like, I wonder what I'll discover there. Because there's no quest in it, like, in terms of like, oh, I've got to rock up to this thing and liberate. I could just rock up to a Like, I'm not joking. I went to this one place. There's no quest or anything really in it. And I just, I found this like half sunken fort mm. and it was like surrounded by like acid. And there was these gooey things and these undead rotten things. And I was just like, what the fuck's in there? You know what mm. I mean? And I went in there and it's kind of like a mini dungeon, but again, you don't have to go in there. You could just roll up, go, ah, okay, it's a fucking sunken I don't feel like doing it and move on. You know what mm. I mean? I, I want to go kill the boss, but I did it. And I found this really hard boss and I had to keep, you know, I, beat my ass a couple of times, I went and I came back. But just like just discovering it and, and it's so oh. different. There is no copy paste um forts. The only kind of not even really copy paste. There's a lot of caves and catacombs in it, right? Oh. But all of them are have a different layout and especially the catacombs there are catacombs are a bit of a puzzle. Because you've got to figure out where the lever is to get to the boss. Oh. So at least I enjoyed like I was like, okay, well if I go to a catacomb, I'm gonna be solving a puzzle, right? I've oh. got to learn how to break the uh, horse chariots or find the lever and the, find the hidden walls. And when you go to the mines, okay, there's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a maze where I've got to navigate, uh, but that's also where I get all the smithing stuff to upgrade my weapons. So there is a little bit of copy paste, but you don't have to do it is my point. Mm. There's nothing that says, well, you haven't finished this area. You're only 85% cleared this area or this part of the map or this section. There's nothing that, tricks your brain into thinking you must complete something and mm. i just like that i just i like the freedom of just like let me just go where i want to fucking go and when i want to go to the story or kill that boss i'll do it you know so i've been enjoying zelda breath of the wild yeah. recently because that's just a game of just like fucking go man just 
whatever. You see that mountain, you want to try and climb it, go for it, whatever. But it, Knock it, I up. agree with you, but it is hard because, like, when I think back, I go back to a game in the late 80s, which, I for me, revolutionised how I viewed games. Okay, so I played Pool of Radiance on the Commodore 64, and it's the first D&D game, but it wasn't just that it was a D&D game. Um... It was the fact that there was what we would call open world now, you know, um, and and you got missions to do from the city council, and you went and did things, and there was a structure, and there was a big boss at the end, but there was a lot of stuff to do. It was a very primitive example, it, mm. you know, by now standards, but actually it was brilliant, and like there were all the things I loved. Now I can see the through line. Obviously, the gra- forget the graphics. Obviously, the graphics they radically improved, but the basic nature of the guy at the store or wherever saying, "Do you want to take this mission? Go and kill these bandits." It's not that dissimilar from back then, you know. Yes, I accept. No, you know, but but I guess what's cool with your D and D is that because you've got a dungeon master, he can craft the quest for you. No, but this was a computer and- game. Oh, okay, a computer game. So this is what I'm saying. This Pool of Radiance was a computer game, and it was... That's what I'm saying. Like, that was cool. What I think they've done now, Ubisoft, probably too much, is you say, yes, I will take the mission, and the counter pops up where you've got to go. And, it, you know, they make it really easy. Um, back in Pool of Radiance days, you, you were given instructions, but you weren't told... This is exactly where you've got to go and just kill it and come back. Well, that's what I said. Look, I, I, okay, here's the thing. I, I don't want people to think that like I'm like, oh, you want every game to be like Elden Ring. No, I don't. I'm quite happy with a game where um, it has like um, objectives to do, right? Where like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, right? Where he's like, oh, you know, we've driven the Mongols further up, but they're still holding six of the farms or something like that. We need those farms. And it's like, Cool, I get it. Yes, this is a war. There's six farms that have been holding them. We need them for supplies. Okay, great. The problem is all six farms are basically identical in what you have to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you rock up. There's three um, hostages. You've got to kill the Mongols, release the hostages. Bang, done. Yeah. It's not fun. I'm okay with you saying this and this, but then have a different go. One of the farms, they burn in the crops. Yes. I've got to stop them before they burn all the crops, or I've got to save at least... 60 percent of the crops otherwise i fail the mission you know and then the next farm i go to they battling the farmers and i've got to protect them and try and save as many of the farmers and, and, and just give me a different scenario with each mm. one that you want me to do as i said to you it's not the it's not the amount of stuff it's the amount of copy and paste it's the amount of yeah, yeah. No, like I... unoriginality individuality that makes me feel like i'm experiencing something different if they could do that that's what i said it's good that they want to cut back but it's not just about cutting back. It's about cutting back on the copy-paste. If you're going to do quests, make them um, or, or, or have these things, at least put some thought into making them feel different, that you're not just doing the exact same thing for the 20th time. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. And look, some of it's surely... I've always had the feeling... And, and actually, you know what's ironic? So in this, this is, and this is, again, this is like a late 80s. The sequel to Puller Radiance, Curse of Azor Borns, was great as well. But they already dumbed down some of the stuff. And I remember that what they got into doing was when you were walking around in the wilderness, as they called it, which was just outside the cities, you know, 
um, you would come across the you say you've come across a, a goblin encampment. Do you want to enter? You know, like you've come across a a, a cave full of cultists. Do you want to enter? So it generated these um caves and stuff but they were super fucking similar but it was the game was clever enough to create to sort of spawn these things but when we talk about like the the roman forts in origins how similar they were that's exactly what it was in curse of azor bonds like you would go in there and it was fight a few battles and then defeat like a big bad at the end of the um at the end of the cave and i found that then very boring because you completed the main game and it was mm. just kind of tossing you these bones and I lost interest. I was just like, I, yeah. I don't have in my life, oh, you know. That, that was the same with Ghost of Tsushima, the, the, the part that like almost just killed my my interest in playing the game, mm. right, is remember I said to you, I, I got to the second part of the island, right, So mm-hmm. and, and and I came across this, I saw these like red flowers and stuff and I, I went over there and there was a guy standing there and he, you know, he had like a hostage or whatever. And he mm. was just like, I challenge you to a duel. I'm, and, you know, my character's like, you disgusting, keeping, you know, threatening someone to make me fight. And, you know, I thought to myself, oh, cool. I've found, fucking found like a random encounter or yeah. something that's cool. There's these people that want to, now imagine how much better, and then, and as I said, once I beat him and then later I went to the village and then this fucking monk's like, oh, there's these six, um, you know, Ronin, and they want to challenge you. They've been paid to, like, yeah. kill you. And, all that. and then it marks it on the map. I thought to myself, how much more interesting would something that had been, let's say I, I come across one of them, anytime or whatever, right? And then the, my character go, you know, I beat him, and then my character says a letter on him. And the oh. letter's like, you know, um, kill this guy and all that. And then the character's like, oh, my God, it looks like there's a bounty on my head, right? Oh. And then you come across another character just by exploring, just by doing things. You see another group of flowers. Maybe these ones are purple now or yellow, whatever. And you go over, there's another guy. And you just learn more about, and then you find out that there's these, that the guys put a, a thing on your head and these guys are challenging you. And maybe even the note goes like, the six of us can take him. So you go, oh, okay, so the six of them, I've killed two or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to let, sometimes I want quests to happen a little bit more organically. You know what I mean? Sure. Let you find them and, and kind of like, almost sometimes forget about it, you know, and you're doing other stuff and you go, oh my God, oh, that's right. Those guys are challenging me. That I've got to find out who's, I just, I guess I just want more natural stuff than just like, you oh, know, yeah. here's all the shit on the map, go do it. Cool. Mm. You've got hundred percent. Aren't you a good little gamer? Like, I don't know. I just, it's just lazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge part of how they build these games. I, I guess part of it's, um, it's, it's cheaper. You know, surely it's to, to farm it all out and do all this and and then well, look, it know. certainly is cheaper than paying fucking someone to come up with an interesting quest line. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And 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 then to actually make it happen. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I'm sure it, it's cheaper to just go, just fucking put forts in there, and there's a quest that says go liberate six forts. Like yeah, yeah. Okay, like it's just boring. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think it's a. Uh... It's a challenge. And that's my, that's my problem with Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft games look great, okay? I'm not going to go, oh my god, they look so shit. No, most of the games look really good. They look beautiful. I just find them to be empty. I just find them to be hollow experiences, mm. which is a shame because, you know, they've got some great settings and, and interesting stuff. It's just that at the end of the day, they just feel hollow to me. Mm. 
Mm, interesting. Um, so, what do you think about this Mirage game, which I believe is going to be set in a city? See, that is it is exciting to me. If they did a really detailed city, um, that could be cool, you know. But when I hear they're going to make it smaller, I just feel that they're not going to make it cheaper, and I just wonder if they're going to make it more shit, you know? I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, who knows? As I was discussing with or letting you know the other, they're not doing as well as people might think that well this doing... is the second part of the news so you had a whole thing about their financial woes which which was surprise so, to me yeah well after a discussion i just started doing like a big deep dive into ubisoft you know yeah. what i mean um uh, they got all the you know i mean we, we, we talk about them so often i just thought to oh. myself you know i'm just gonna you know and that's when i found out that they're not actually um they, they're a family-owned company um right. Um, so that Guy, whatever his name is or whatever, um, he's, he's a co-owner, co- mm. or co-founder, CEO, whatever, but, um, it's in the, it's in their name. Yeah. So like the owners is the, what's the name? Guillermo family or whatever. Right. And so it just got me thinking and I was doing some more research. And then my question was, um, you know, uh, have they gone to the well once too often mm. all the games stale because one family owns the company and it's more concerned with nepotism than fresh ideas right and so and they've cancelled quite a few games uh in the last year and mm. now again a lot of them weren't announced mm. uh but they've cancelled seven games mm-hmm. um in the last year um big games uh, or what like uh i know i know that they still well they've cancelled some more open world rpg games that again weren't weren't announced mm. I know that the new Mario Rabbids game, Sparks of Hope, didn't sell well because mm-hmm. they didn't. Yeah, they didn't I read that. Sell. I read that 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 was that, apparently disappointment. Well, they didn't market the game. The, mm. There was no marketing for it. So, you know, um, uh, then um, obviously uh, uh, Assassin sold well, but that's the problem. Is for everything like that, like Assassins that sells well, mm. there's five games that underperform yep. or yep. don't make money. So really, they just offset in the problem and now recently their stock just dropped like 20 percent right. um and they were expecting like um so over the last quarter they were expecting a 10 percent increase they actually had a decrease of 10 percent their stocks have dropped 20 percent because of of the the financial woes and the bad news and all that sort of stuff mm. and apparently if mirage does not do well mm. if mirage is not a a money maker money raker yep. they're going to be in even more um uh, problems at the moment where they may have to like cut a lot of the franchises and games and almost wow. go down to like making one game and lay off a lot of people because do they make Far Cry as well? Yeah, yeah, they, man, they do the Far Cry, they do the Assassin's Creed, they do the uh, Watch Dogs. Um, Was Dishonored one of their? Games? Oh, uh, sp- sp- no, 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 that's Bethesda. Oh. Oh. Uh, they do, they did the Splinter Cell games, they did oh, the okay. uh, Ghost Recon games, big games, big titles back in the day. Those games. You know? Yeah, but that's the problem. Is that they've they've not had a they've not done a Splinter Cell in. No. Um, Jesus Christ, I don't know. When I, was the last I remember that was a big end or something like that. Yeah, that was a big uh, franchise at one point, like back in the three sixty days. Mm. Yeah. And another game that is sink they've sinking so much money into, but apparently they cannot cancel. Mm. Now there's speculation. So Skull and Bones, right, is their big pirate thing that they announced like fucking ten years ago. 
Right. Right. Um, which has been delayed and delayed. Oh, and delayed. I have heard of this. This is the yeah. It's been in development for and a billion it's years. Just yeah. been, it's just been just been delayed again. Now, right. You would think to yourself, well, hang on a second. Why don't they just fucking cut their losses and cancel it? If this game has been in development, yeah. Well, apparently they got a a grant or a subsidiary from um, who was it? Was it Thailand or something? I can't remember. Or some right. Asian. Um, little island uh-huh, actually really? gave them like money really? to make to to make the game like or whatever, and so now they have to make it. They can't oh. not make the game because then otherwise they've got to give all that money back wow. to the thing. That's so that's another thing. They got games like let's say they got one in five that's making money, and the other four are not. They got right. this game that hasn't even come out yet that have been developing for ten years that are sinking money into it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and that's at this point they can't problem. cancel it. Yeah, okay. you know, so what's and that because called? of that. And because, uh, what, Skull and Bones? Skull and Bones, right, okay. Yeah, Skull and Bones. Uh, I know that they are, were supposed to be working on a new Splinter Cell game, but again, that's just a... Uh, although there was a Splinter Cell VR game, which is one of the cancelled games. So again, there's a lot of... And I think this is why they're trying to put all their eggs into the Assassin's Creed basket. I think Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... which makes sense, because that is such a... Um successful franchise and it's it's you can churn and burn on it you know although god my god it must be it must i mean it used to be you get an assassin's creed game every year you know um for a while there but uh when did valhalla come out two years ago probably uh yeah something like that one or two years ago so it's it's due and mirage i mean that's their cash cow and i guess to a uh a lesser extent, Far Cry, but Assassin's Creed would be yeah. their number one, and I think Far Cry now, would probably be their number two. They also they also jumped onto the NFT bandwagon, oh, yeah. which they put into like their games like Ghost Recon and Division and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but again, see, like the Division was supposed to be their um, yeah uh, their Destiny, you know what I mean? And that game's pretty much fucking dead, so that's not oh, even yeah. making for yeah. them. That, their Ghost that, Recon that which... never made the waves well, that they were hoping, did it? Ghost Recon was supposed to be another one that they were trying to turn into a, um, you know, always on uh, games for service type shit and all that. And that was a colossal failure as well. So, yeah, I think people tend to, like, not see the forest for the trees when it comes to Ubisoft. They think because Assassin's Creed sells so well that, like, Ubisoft's like this big company. But it's not. They actually, I think at the end of the day, that one big seller just, just, doesn't do enough to offset. It props it up. It prop, props them up. But as you say, oh, you know they're And another money. another problem they have is mm. it, uh, they also face just as much allegations as what Blizzard did for um like uh, oh. workplace sort of stuff. But the difference is because <laughs> probably most of the managers and all that are probably family members mm. or or inevitable. All they do is just move them or move move them around. Mm. So. These people on oh, they're like, oh yeah, okay. There's been a plan to get that. We'll sort it out. But all they do is just transfer them to another division. Yeah, which doesn't fix the problem. So, on top of their money was, I think they are probably not getting uh, a great employees. Um, uh, uh, not great employees. Uh, a great performance out of the employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the ones that are there probably not giving their best work, or no one wants to go work there. So maybe mm. they don't have the cream of the crop. It's a lot of problems. It's not just a, oh, they're a shit company. But I do think that it's a bit of it's itself to blame. I think, you know, from so many years, they have not been listening to people when people say your games all feel the same. Mm. You know what I mean? When mm. people say mm. all your games, you, you, you know, you, you, you go into that well too often. 
it's mm. you know because that that happened to Call of Duty, right? Like Call of Duty, mm. like um, was going stale until Modern Warfare, right? Yeah. When Modern Warfare came out, that kind of like uh, revitalized because it wasn't World War Two. Remember, every fucking shooting game was World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, and that just changed the game. That's kind of what I think they need to do now. They need to they need to make something that is new mm. and. Uh, but again, they have tried, but again, they haven't, like, I think they did that Phoenix Rising game. Mm, I never heard that, of it. That's my point, which just, no one cared because it looked like a, it looked like a cheap sort of Breath of the Wild kind of knockoff. Right. Um, it was a slightly, yeah, it kind of had that same cartoony feel, colorful, mm, mm, mm. very similar combat. And that's the thing. I think Ubisoft, I don't think they have any original ideas. Mm. And I think, is Ubisoft the ones that are also doing the good and evil game that just never coming out? It is, yes. That was in the news report. There was a um, a comment by, like, they're always trying to spin these things um, because, you know, that's it's bad news. And it's also bad perception because I must admit, without I'm not, I'm not the guy who's sitting there reading every, you know, computer game thing that comes out. But um, my assessment was... Ubisoft would be make raking it in. But then when I thought about it, I was like, well, Watch Dogs, I feel always slightly underperformed. You know, like, mm-hmm. I enjoy those games, but they always felt like they wanted that to be a bigger franchise than what it is. I would consider it like it's like a second-tier franchise. And um, and then, yeah, and you reminded me of that Pirates thing, which, by the way, sounds like something I would love, but the way that that, that game's been development for, like, over five years, I think. I think it's been, I think get, no, I think it's been close to ten years now, man. Yeah, and so God knows how much money has been pump, pumped into that. You know, can you imagine? Like, oh God, that's what I'm saying. I think whatever money they make on Assassin's Creed or any other game, it's just getting pumped into that. Mm. You know, because you've got the the Good and Evil game that just also is not coming out. You've got Skull and Bones. That's two games that have been development hell. Mm. That's that you're paying people to work on. That's never coming out. So there's wasted money. Um, then you've got other games like Phoenix Rising, the Rabbids game, and stuff that have come out. But because you haven't marketed those games, or people no, didn't, yeah. I mean, there was a Rabbids Party game, right? Um, you know, very similar to like Mario Party. Mm. No one knew about that. They didn't advertise or whatever. You know, I I don't know. I think Ubisoft needs to actually like try and. Um, I think look, they've got good franchises. I think what they need to do is sit down and say, how can we differentiate our franchises from each other? Why don't we? You know, let's make the Far Cry games feel different to the Assassin's Creed games. Let's make them feel, and it's not just a you know aesthetic thing. You need to you need to look at the gameplay and and like the world and say how do we you know yes there could be some overlap, but how do we how do we differentiate them? Give people a different experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like yes, the, the, I agree because I think your Assassin's Creed fans will keep turning up as long as you keep making it beautiful and yeah. do the basics. But, look, but you know. Far Cry was the first game that did the whole, you know, you know, the towers and you unlock the map and you, you, know, you shoot. So I'm, I'm keep Far Cry like that. Mm. But Assassin's Creed was supposed to be more of a stealth game. Oh, right? no, but I like the way they've changed Assassin's Creed, Richard. I... No, but can I be honest with you? I I firmly believe that I feel like um, Assassin's Creed should have been that uh, a stealth game where it was more about like, look, you still have the parkour stuff, and, you know, in the first game you could still ride between the... Yeah, yeah, the, the kingdom. The, 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 yeah. the kingdom, you know, it's a bit more... But what I'm saying is that I think that game should have been not just like, all right, I've got to unlock things on the map or whatever. It should have just been about, okay, here's your target. Mm. Now you need to go around the city, right, mm. and collect information 
detail this you almost like you got to do it yourself but mm. no big like okay here's a marker here's a marker here's a marker you got to do all this okay now you can assassinate them you should be able to be like fuck it i'm going to go in blind and i'm going to try and assassinate them without knowing anything or you know kind of like almost like the hitman games but I you think know, like you, can. Game. Oh, you can in Assassin's Creed. A lot, a lot of the missions. No, no. no. So yeah. what I mean is that, like, look at Hitman, right? Mm. Hitman is so much fun because you get given a job, and then it's almost like the game says, how do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I feel like what Assassin's Creed should have been. Instead of it saying, all right, now you've got to do this and this, uh, and then, uh, okay, fine, I'll just try and assassinate him. The, the targets never moved <coughs> in, like, the first Assassin's Creed game. They just mm. stayed where they were. You just had to find the information out first before you could sort of get there or yeah. know where they were. But with but with Hitman, they move. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could be on a boat and you've got to try and lure them to this or, you know, watch where they're going, who they're interacting with, and, oh, they're going over there. Maybe I can explode the gas tank. I feel like maybe that's what Assassin's Creed should have been, where you get to be an assassin, like, and you get to plan your assassination or, mm. or, or wing it or whatever. And that would have differentiated it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not saying that's the way. I'm just trying to, like, give examples of how you could have made your different franchises just feel a bit different. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I find, although I like Far Cry, I, and I do, I, I haven't played, even though I own it, I haven't played the new one just because I'm just like, I was just a bit, um, if I can be brutally honest, uh, not, burnout's not even the right word. I think you could burn anything out. I, I was tired after all the Valhalla I played, which I love, but I was tired. You know, I needed a break yeah, from yeah. from well, that game design, you know? But that's my point. All the games feel too big and mm. have too much crammed into it, and they're all the same. Yeah. So that's my point. You could have made the games, like, pretty big, but let's say, okay, this year, oh, great, Far Cry's coming out. Boom, I'm going to experience Far Cry. Then the next Assassin's Creed comes out, and yes, it's a big game, but it's a different game. Mm. So you get a break. And, yeah. and it's a different experience. And then uh, Watch Dogs come out and you go, okay, great. Mm. It's a different type of game. Like, And then you go back to Far Cry. And so it's like you're cycling it. But the thing is, when you go from Far Cry to this to that, it's really just the same. Very similar. Yeah. It's the same shit. Oh, yeah. Far Cry feels so similar to me to Assassin's <laughs> Creed now. Like, really. I mean, honestly. Down to, like, the takedowns and... I know it's guns instead of, you know, whatever. No, well, the other one... The other one's the first person shooting. The other one's a third-person action game. But the mechanics are the same thing. Like, yeah. your core mechanics of what it is that you're doing in that world are pretty much exactly they the same. Are, sure. They are. No, it's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, it does get... It gets tiring. But um, I do want to do a, an announcement. Some very sad news. David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash Young has passed away at 81. Uh, and I do want to say... Loved his music. Loved his music with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Loved his music with The Birds. Loved his solo stuff. Beautiful voice. Um, great songwriter. And, I mean, he was 81. I think he had health problems and stuff. But I, I just read the news. I, I saw Graham Nash, his longtime partner, and his songwriting partner and singing partner and stuff, uh, announced it. And, uh, yeah, it's sad. You know, a, a great's left us, Rich. You know? Um, they always do, Dave. They, they do, man. Do. Yeah. Wow, we had some good songs, man. Remember, remember Birds? Turn, turn, turn. Love that song. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Wow, we, man. That's that's an icon passing in the night, man. 81, they're getting older, dude. You know? Well, I was going to say, I mean, they're getting older, uh, 81, you've only got one thing to look forward to every every year after that, unfortunately. Like, just, it's a waiting game, sadly. It is, man. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm saddened. I was just... I tweeted him the other day 
about something actually. I was I actually said Oh that, my god, you killed him, Dave. I said thanks for the music. You know, I did say that actually because he was he was he's very active on Twitter and um and I just something came up. There was some it was some anniversary of something and I just said thanks for the music because I've been listening to a fair bit of David Crosby and one thing I'll tell you is you know, I knew his big big songs, but he had a beautiful voice and he had a lot of good songs. Um, he had a lot of lot of good songs in his career. It's 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 sad, man. But I mean, I I know we all we've done a lot of eulogies on this show, and it all boils down to we all we've all got to catch that last train out. You know, uh-huh. it does. It boils down to that, and it's just a question of when. Really, they should do a show about well, when and how. <laughs> well, when and how? Yeah, they should do. I'm surprised they haven't done this. Kind of a show about death. But with death, you know how we always have the personification of death, you know whether that's the Reaper or whether that's Neil Gaiman, Sandman, that kind of stuff. Do do one all about that kind of thing, you know, death visiting different people in their lives for the death, you know, kind of like Quantum Leap, but it's death, that kind of stuff. Like bounce around the years, you know, tie up some mythology. It wouldn't be that hard, you know. Everyone's got to buy mean, it at some you, point. You're talking about celebrities or something? What? What, no, what, what do you mean? No, I'm just talking about they're not just celebrities, like a fictional show, like Quantum Leap, but instead of fucking Doctor Sam Beckett or whatever the new guy's name is, um, it's death, and he at the end of the show, it's the death of the person. There's someone in that show that dies. And he is like the angel. He or she is like the angel of death. That that would be a cool show. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm still confused on the premise. Well, someone's going to die in the show, and uh-huh. he leaps in to the to any time period in history. Leaps in, and it's kind of like a puzzle of who it's going to be, and then he takes that person to death. That's it. Okay. So you could do family stories, romance stories, war stories. But but death doesn't know who's dying. Well, in my version, yeah, he wouldn't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. he's there to get someone. And, you know, he's got to kind of almost work it out. You could work in the mythology of the show. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. And, and, like, you could play all different kinds of notes. You know, like, you could have one someone who was really old like David Crosby, just using him as an example, who's had a long, long career. Someone very young, you could do fictionalised, or not fictionalised, but you could do so-called real people dying and, you know, a fictionalised version of it. You could just do, you know, interest stories, love stories, all sorts of stuff, man. It could be all over the place. Death, the one constant, man. More constant than life. Man, wow. Yeah. Think about it, Rich. We're deep in a dream of is God, it, man. Is it, is it more constant? Yeah, more constant. Than life? Because without life, you don't have death. It's a question, Rich. I mean, the world's spinning. The world's spinning, man. And on where I'm just, but I'm just saying something had to be alive first before death could come along. So there was nothing. There was nothing. So that's, and then, that's, and then that's, there was life. But nothing isn't death. It's pretty much the same thing. And then, yeah, think about it. We're deep in a dream of God, Rich. 
Don't forget that. Okay. Yeah, JM. Fire that one across the bow. That'll wake you up. We're deep in a dream of God. It's like shit. What does that mean? It means God has pretty boring dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I would say it means he has a very detailed dream. Super detailed. I think he needs to get out more. (laughs) Dream dream about better things. That's what I think. (laughs) Wowee. Um... Yeah, I don't know how we got here from Ubisoft, but here we are nonetheless. Um, you brought us there as per usual, Dave. Did I? Well, you know, R.O.P. David Crosby, loved your work. Um, something here about Lucasfilm. What's going on at Lucasfilm, Rich? I don't know. You put this in. Well, you can read the news. I'll give you a... I'll give you a uh, apparently, Lucasfilm head says that major Star Wars roles shouldn't be recast moving forward. They were saying that Kathleen Kennedy believed the recasting of Han Solo was a mistake. And they won't be repeating that, blah, blah, blah. Does that just mean they're going to be using computer animated versions from now on, like Princess Leia yep. and Mark Hamill and whoever the fuck else? Mm-hmm. Anyone who needs a check or their estate needs a check, they will sign up for this. So they're like, fuck it. Like, my cash cow's dead. I may as well just grind. You know, like, Hans, um, Han Solo's probably one of the only ones. Harrison Ford that's rich enough not to care, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I wish, um, I wish studios and people weren't just so fucking stupid in the first place. <laughs> um, because, no, no, because the thing is, yeah, the, the studios do make the wrong decisions because I think people are stupid, but then yeah. also then I think to myself, but people are stupid. Like, people got like, you can't, Han Solo has to be Harrison Ford. It's iconic. And it's like, Yes, but so is Sean Connery, James Bond. But I still yeah. fucking love Roger Moore as James Bond, and I still yeah. actually really enjoyed, um, yeah, um, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan as yeah, yeah, yeah. as as Seven. Someone can bring their own spin to it. It's up to the studio to to find the best person. Very true. To to do it, but you could say what pisses me off. I mean, people didn't have a problem with uh, with the new James Bond. No, they just had a problem with if they didn't like the James Bond. So. A lot of people didn't like George Lazenby. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, I thought he was okay, but I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. Well, they didn't turn around and go, well, that's it. I can no. only be Sean Connery. Now they said, no, well, let's find someone better then. Let's find someone, you know. And then Roger Moore. Roger Moore had a fucking massive successful career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, a longer career than, than Sean Connery playing James Bond. True. Do you know true, what I mean? True. And then they tried it with Timothy Dalton, and it just didn't quite hit the same. Then and, they had a lot and, of success with um, Pierce Brosnan and Pierce um, Brosnan, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that last part is debatable, but, you know, but well, yeah, yeah. it had success and then it made money. Yeah. yeah. Money. Look, I think that's another misstep. It doesn't mean they can't come back from it, you know. Yeah. But my point is, uh, people just need to let go of the, oh, no, it's iconic. Only that person can be the character. It's like, no, any person can be the character. That's what pisses me off about the Chadwick Boseman thing. It's like, you know, no, not not only Chadwick Boseman can be fucking T'Challa and Black Panther. Mm. You just got to find the right person who sure. can who can give their performance, but also make it iconic or or resonate with people. Because it's not about imitating. That's the problem. It's not about imitating Harrison Ford. Mm. It's about kind of putting your um, spin on that interpretation of it. It doesn't mean you play him completely different, but it just also means that you don't maybe go for his mannerisms. Mm. 
you know, like Sean Connery had very different mannerisms to Roger Moore. Mm. We had very different. Now, again, they play in the same, like, it's the same suave, you know, confident sort of man, but they play it slightly different. They yeah. all have their interpretation of what is like suave or, 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 or a ladies' man. And that's all you need to do. But as I said, I was actually having this conversation, I think, with my sister the other day. I thought you were saying you had the conversation with Sean Connery. I was like, Gee, No, and, and, you know, and she also can rap. And I said it's because some people out there, mm. they just cannot get over the they, – they just can't see anyone else in the role. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I, 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 you know what? F- fucking frankly, Richard, I totally agree. Think of Wolverine. I love Hugh Jackman. But you know what? If they like, and I love Hugh Jackman. I think he's done fantastic things for Wolverine and X Men. But after this Deadpool three thing, if he really does hang up his, you know, cape uh, or claws, and it's kind of like because, like, frankly, they've got a whole future that they want to have planned of Wolverine. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm open to it. Like, even though I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, you know what I mean? Doctor Who, dude. Like, mm-hmm. there have been some Doctors I've absolutely loved, and I was sad when they left. Like, Tom Baker, for me, as a kid, I re- as a kid, you know, I struggled so hard when he changed because I hadn't seen the Doctor change, you know? And, it, and but, but, but then I got into the swing of things, but my initial reaction was like, oh, my God. But then as I got a little bit older, and I'm talking like a year or two older, then I realised, well, he's changed before. Um, mm-hmm. And John Pertwee, I, I, I saw the John Pertwee episodes after I saw Tom Baker, you know, because of how they were on TV. And um, and then I was like, well, I really like John Pertwee. And that made me actually realise, well, other people have played this role before. It all comes down to the individual performance and the writing and blah, blah, blah. It's possible. You know, and it opened my mind. And as the Doctor's gone on, there have certainly been some Doctors I've liked more than others. No mm-hmm. question. But I always think that it's possible, you know, and it, nothing lasts forever. Now, in terms of... And, and also the reality of the world we live in. These studios pump their franchises. So James Bond was an early example. Sean Connery was desperate to leave that role. He did not want to be typecast. Uh, but the James Bond movies, they were so big in the 60s, you know, that of course the producers wanted to keep milking that golden goose. And they did it very successfully. If anything, that's a total example. Uh, that, that's an example that shows the argument that it is possible. Um, Star Wars, again... This is a franchise that Disney want to fucking squeeze for decades. And the sad truth is, human beings age. You know, Harrison Ford is 80 plus. He isn't the Harrison Ford of who was 30, who did Star Wars and Empire and whatever. You know, like, it's just the nature of the fucking beast. Like, I, I thought... Uh, when I think of Solo, I thought it was a really... Look, it's a tough gig to replace Harrison Ford. I thought the guy did an okay job, um, and I thought the no, movie but was the, okay. But the, the thing that hurt him mm. was that they tried to get him to to pl- to play it like Harrison Ford. Yeah, but, you know. You know what I mean? They tried to get him to do the shrugs just like Harrison Ford and, and, and kind of like... And it's like, no, one, I... I I'm sorry. I think you got the wrong actor to mm. begin with. Yeah. I think you you should have got a different actor. Uh, 
And when you do get the right actor, you just say to them, listen, this is the character, okay? He's mm. cocky, he's, you know, self-assured, you mm. know, he's, he's a bit of a scoundrel. And then let them do their kind of um, uh, version of it. But, you know, mm. don't let them go too far, but just let mm. them bring a little bit of their own into it that when people watch it, they mm. can then differentiate the two performances mm. and not just because when someone's trying to imitate someone or, or or play it like someone then you're always going to be judging it and and comparing it to yeah, that yeah he was doing almost an impression of harrison like, yeah which yeah. that was that that that's what hurt that movie the most is that they should have mm. just said to him okay these are the stipulations this is the character personality mm. but you know inject a bit of your um charisma into the role you know a bit of your um style Mm. And we'll tell you if you've gone too far. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, okay, rein it in or whatever. That's it. That it's, it's a it's a collab, but yeah, that's it. But, people always tend to learn the wrong lessons from things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, but like, but so when you think but about another it, thing that hurt the Han Solo movie wasn't also that they recast him. The thing that hurt him is that a lot of people um didn't enjoy the last Star Wars movie. Sure. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And point. they didn't, and they almost wanted to like. They were like, oh, "I didn't enjoy it. I'm not a solo movie." Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was certainly one of those people. I was like, "I'm not going to go watch solo because I don't like the new Star Wars movie." Yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of people that did that, and again, like, but because they don't want to admit that they were wrong with mm. those Star Wars movies, they just said it's out. Oh, well, it was because we recast. So it's not our technically our fault; it's the actor's fault. You are, not- that's a good point. They they did have there was a number of things that were wrong. They also lost the director, if you recall, the director. They they had to bring in Ron Howard to clean up the whole thing. Like there was it was messy. The whole thing was messy. Yeah, because memory, I promise you, it's because they panicked over the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot going on in that in that period. We covered some of it on the show, and yeah, it was it was a mess. You know, um, it was a mess, basically. Like, if we want to be, you know, honest about it. And, um, you know, what do you expect? Like, sometimes, as you say, they... Yeah, you are right. Sometimes they just learn the wrong lesson. And it's just, you know, like, you kind of... You kind of can't help them. You know, you're just like... You guys are almost determined to do things your own way. Um, and, you know, you just damn the... Kind of a damn the consequences kind of style. You know, but that's why I say. But that's why I've gone to the point where I'm just like, I just, I don't care because, you know, no matter what, they're gonna do. You know, they're gonna learn the wrong lessons, make the wrong changes, and I'm just yeah. like, I just, I. That's why whenever you say like, are you excited? I go no because I'm, yeah. I don't want to set myself up for, for any, you know. Um, sure, but I, I don't want to get my mind. hopes up only for them to disappoint me again. Yeah, but I keep an open mind. I must admit, I do. I, 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 I'm. That's my attitude. Like, it's not about keeping an open mind. Mm. Like, um, it's just more about like I don't want to. It's like, it's like Charlie Brown and Lucy. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to run and try and kick that ball anymore. Yeah. No, I hear. Right, because yeah. I, you, you, you talk yourself up. You get excited. You think this is the time I'm going to, you know, that they're going to do it right and they're going to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. redeem themselves and then they disappoint me. So it's not about not being open minded. Like I say, I won't go watch it or, or so. It's just that I will refuse to get my hopes up because they'll just move. The, they'll just sure. move that ball away from me. And and frankly, so many times we have, uh, how can I say, um, been excited. And then the the end product is just 
so disappointing, you know, like... Yeah. Hey, dude, I was super excited when, when you know, the new Star Wars movie was coming out. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, yeah. The first Disney Star Wars, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then I watched it and I, I left the theater just going, Why? oh no. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? What went wrong? You know what I mean? Like, why? How did, how did we get here kind of thing? Yeah, no, I agree with you. The, the one that killed me with Star Wars, and by the way, it, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister both say Andor is worth sticking with. And I still haven't watched past the first three episodes, but I'm going to solo it because he said to me, no, it actually is really good. Um, but apparently it's got a little bit of office. Um, he was saying what he thought they should do with um, Star Wars is do a show that's like office meets Star Wars. Like with the, there's a guy in Andor apparently who's very motivated to do well with the Empire and like a bit of office politics and um, kind of doing a comedy office thing set in the Empire. What do you think of that, Rich? Oh, uh, if it was a cartoon show that's just a comedy, sure, but not an actual serious, like, canon show. No. Wouldn't like that? No, well, I mean, look, I, there's been lots of comedy parody stuff, even in Star Wars comics and and stuff and all that. I don't have an issue with that. It's just that it's not canon. It can't be mm. canon. That's the mm. only thing. I'm not, I'm not watching an office comedy show in Star Wars that's actually canon. Sure. And will be referenced in movies. No, that's just, it's not the, it's not the same tone. It's not the right tone for yeah, um, um, for the thing. Yeah, fair enough, man. But if you said to me, we're just doing a parody show, mm. and it's The Office meets Star Wars, shit, yeah, I'm down for that. If it's just a parody comedy show, it's not actually, like, connected to anything. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Uh, what about if it was, like, Below Decks, the Star Trek show Below Decks animated? Well, the problem is, I believe the Below Decks is canon, so no. Right. Okay, so no, yeah, fair enough. Uh, you got news here about Mark Hamill, how he's handling the death of Kevin Conroy? What's going on? Yeah, so recently in an interview, uh, he said that he will not be, re- more than likely will not be returning to the voice, uh, to voice Joker because uh, of the death of Kevin Conroy. Now, I've got this in quotes, but I'm remembering it kind of mm. um, offhand. But basically what he said was, uh, it was already heading that way. That call up and say we want you to voice Joker, and my first question was, "Is Kevin doing Batman?" Mm. If not, I turned it down. We were partners like Laurel and Hardy. Mm. We uh, just can't do one without the other. Sure. So it looks like uh, without sort of Kevin Conroy, he's got even less motivation to do um, Joker. Which it's fair. The two of them are pretty much like synonymous with Batman and, and well, Joker. Well, they were like, the original um, for the animated series, weren't they? They were, you know, that's yeah. where it all that, like that's where it all started, and then everything from since then was kind of a spin-off or a special and they project. They've done the animated show. They've done movies. They've done video games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you know, so you know, they've done Justice League, the other other animated shows, even Voice Me Superman. So, you know, the two of them have, as I said, they are they they share that sort of you know, like when you think of Kevin Conroy, you do think of Mark Hamill and. Vi- so I do, I do get what he's saying, and um, yeah. you know, it would be weird though. I'll be honest with you. I think it would be really weird having Mark Hamill's Joker talk to a different voice Batman. It would. He's be done very... it before. He ha- it's not every. He's not like. I'm pretty sure there are examples where Mark Hamill has done Joker, and it's not Kevin Conroy's Batman. I I could be wrong, but I think I he... don't. I think you are wrong. Let's have, let's have a look here. Has Mark Hamill ever done Joker? Without Kevin Conroy as Batman, I I think there's an example, not many, like maybe one example. No, I, again, if you're talking about like an episode in a Justice League or something with Batman, that's not the same thing. I don't think he's done a project like a different movie where it's a different voice Batman. Okay, well, 
Fair enough too. Like, you know, like, it's... Uh, Look, I, just, I don't uh, think I they know. planned it that way. I think it just sort of happened that way. And yeah. now it's just got to the point where he just can't see himself, you know, because he's only ever done it with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Kevin. He's never... You know, maybe early in the career, if he had done it with other Batmans, mm. you know, other actors maybe. But I think they were just so long, the two of them were just the Batman and, and Joker, yeah. you know. The, the show, the, all the animated shows, and then all the video games that started coming out. I just think it just happened that way. And they're probably and good then... friends off set and stuff, you know, like... Oh, apparently they were very good friends. Yeah, so. it doesn't surprise me. They both seem like pretty nice guys. And, uh, you know, and they were sort of, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, you know, build together at a lot of conventions and, huh? you know, and Mark Hamill, he's kind of like, like, in fairness to the guy, he's he's done plenty of work. You know, he's not, look, you know, uh, his post-Star Wars career... He's really landed on a gold mine with all this voice work, and he's he's kept working, he's kept the public eye, he's done more well, he's Star the voice Wars. Of, he's the voice of Chucky now too, right? So yeah, he's done pretty well for himself, like considering um, that he initially had some challenges out, straight out of Star Wars. Oh yeah, I mean you know? the fact that no one would cast him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like guess. he, you know, he 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 did what he had to do to survive in those eighties after Star Wars, but then he's kind of landed on his feet and, and maybe, you know, it almost for him, it's like, I've got my Joker legacy. I've got my reputation. I, you know, I can do all the cons I want to do. What's to be gained? Like, cause what that, if anything, they would have probably the one they would have, I, I think the Ed Brubaker, Greg Rucker, I think has Kevin Conroy. Are, are we right about that? I, I think it does. So um, what was that question? The, the Caped Crusader animated show, is that Kevin Conroy? Because I thought it was. No, I don't think so. Let's have a look here. Let's find out about this Caped Crusader Batman TV show. Uh, yeah, stars Kevin Conroy. Yeah. So well, it, not anymore. Yeah, but like, yeah, interesting. Um, and it does suck that his last performance was fucking Gotham Knights. Oh, that's... Oh, was it? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're still the same. Unless, is he doing it? Is he? No, no, hang on. I don't think, is he doing the voice for the Suicide Squad? I hope so. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that's a good game and he's doing the voice because, Jesus Christ, if Gotham Knights is the end of his legacy, that's... One of the guys... his fault is not great. One of the guys, um, Rick, uh, on Ray's, um, you know, from Ray's Into the Night stuff, nice guy, he was saying something to me on Facebook about um, Suicide Squad, it has a battle pass, and I was, and he was, oh, he probably, did, he didn't game. like that, yeah, and I was, I didn't even understand what that was. It, it's some tiered pay for play system. Is that what it is? Uh, no, oh. it's uh, you you're paying in advance for future DLC. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. So uh, the battle passes started back in the day with Call of Duty and right. Rainbow Six and all that sort of stuff. So because those things had um, map there were new maps mm. and stuff that used to come up for the multiplayer what they would say to you is if you buy the boat pass like now mm. uh when the game comes out then that gives you access to all the future maps that we'll be releasing over the next couple oh. of years is that like so, assassin's creed it has similar stuff like that doesn't it i think they do you know? uh, possibly so yeah battle pass just means that you're pre-paying for future content oh well, but was... you better hope and pray that that fucking content comes out because you've paid for it and you ain't getting a refund if it. If uh, it well, he was hating that. He was he was really pissed off about it. Well, again, people you used to pay for the battle passes all the time back in the day, so people always are their own worst enemy. Not him. I'm saying people in general. Right. They they let companies do it, and then 
you know. Because now companies are going companies are going back to the battle pass because yeah. obviously people don't want the microtransactions anymore. What's the difference? So, I don't understand the difference. <laughs> well, microtransactions again, you pay as it comes out, and you're constantly paying for. Oh, like Destiny and all that shit had all that. Yeah, didn't battle I? battle pass just says, "Hey, pay us now, and you get all future content." Right. Yeah. But as I said, then you're taking a gamble because. You know, the game might do poorly, and then they go, ah, well, we're shutting the game down. Yeah, sorry, yeah, there yeah. won't be new content. Oh, what's that? No, sorry, no refunds. What's their big dream? Isn't it to have kind of like World of Warcraft, but on consoles, where it's like people play it for like 20 years and blah, 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 and all that shit? Isn't that like their big dream? Like the, a game that just they constantly keep updating well, that's, and that's stuff? Well, that's the dream that um, Destiny started for sure. Right, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I, the question I always but have is, not what, about, could, what about the graphics? So they're chasing that, but they were chasing it in an EA kind of um, form where they just wanted to have yearly money because EA makes so much money from FIFA every year Yeah, um, with the, the card packs and yeah. the microtransactions. So they were trying to have like a World of Warcraft, yes, you play it all the time, but infused with microtransactions where you just keep buying little things right um you know um constantly mm, i mean it, like it, and even uh, world of warcraft introduced microtransactions into the game as well so okay so if but i, I think where, I, where people get buttered and i don't blame them for getting buttered is that you pay for the game mm. right if the game was free yeah and then there were microtransactions, then you could say, okay, fine, it's a free game, I can choose to buy it or not, or yeah. I just play the free game. Mm. But it's when you pay full price, so that's why people got upset, because for World of Warcraft, you had to pay a monthly fee. Right. You were paying them monthly to pay the game, and oh. so when they said, oh, hey, do you want to buy the stuff? We're putting the stuff in the shop, and it's like, well, hang on a second, no, 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 I'm, I'm paying you a month to play the game. I, see, I didn't realize that. World of Warcraft, there's a monthly subscription fee. Yep. I see. See, I, I'm such an idiot. I didn't realize that. Okay, or I'd forgotten. And that's that. why people are getting upset okay. because you know, if you buy, yeah, I, well, like, yeah. you buy Call of Duty or whatever, you're like, but I've paid for the game. Why do you? Why do I have to pay again for more content? I'd be even um, more annoyed if I was paying monthly, and then they're trying to sting me on top of that. You know? Okay. I, no. It, it, okay. It was all cosmetic shit, right? Right. Um, for World of Warcraft, but it still pissed people off because back in the day, yeah, if there was a new mount, you had to farm it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You, it had to be a drop in the dungeon. It's a rare drop or whatever, so that you know you. you yeah, but now you can just for. buy it. Like if you, if I want exactly. that really fancy sword, but that's yeah. in every game. Like in Assassin's Creed, uh, there are these really high-priced items, special items, and technically, I think you can uh, kind of grind and get it. But you can also, I, I've never done it, but the, but you can use real money to buy the in-game tokens to buy those things. That's mate, that's every game now. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's yeah that's there. I, I'm way too cheap. I'll never do it. I mean, I can't even be bothered farming. I'm like fuck this shit. Like I don't want it that much. Um, okay. I wonder the the curious side of me would love to know how much money. Like EA, FIFA. I mean, on t- on top of every year they put out a new game. As you say, there's a lot of uh, you you can buy shit. And I remember um, the Star Wars game that that I liked that you hated, the Battlefront or whatever it was called. Um, those games, I'm pretty confident you could buy 
shit for, you know, like skins mm. and stuff. I always want, uh, to be fair, that's the only game where I actually, <laughs> my cheapness, I almost did it because I really wanted to be the Transdotion boss, whatever his name is, because I love that guy. And I kept seeing him in the fucking game. It was annoying me. Um, you know, people who, who'd obviously paid it or done really well in the game, unfortunately I was really crap at it. But I loved that game. You know, I thought that was so much fun running around the Star Wars um, battlefields, like Hoth and stuff. I thought that was... And Return of the Jedi. I, look, I know everyone fucking hates on that game, but I actually loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Again, people hate on it because they did a better back in the day when, right? Because Star Wars Battlefront is not new; like they were on the original Xbox, right? And I didn't PlayStation know that. Two and stuff and all that, where there was actually one and two Star Wars Battlefront one and two, and there was no microtransactions, there was mm. no pay to play. Yep, uh, it was a lot more fun, and you get you got to take part in all the battles, and that's cool. You know, you got to play as clankers and troopers and rebels and all that sort of shit. And what they would do is in that game, you kind of like someone could just randomly become a hero mm. so that everyone kind of got a chance, you know, yep. to, to crack up being a hero. Whereas in this game, it was like, no, you have to score the, get the most points to the yeah, yeah, yeah. character. And then you'd get killed almost straight away. And then fuck that. And like, so um, that's why people hated it. Well, one, they hated it because of those microtransactions, but also because. Other than just being prettier graphics, mm. people just were like, but it's not as fun as, mm. you know, you, you, you're kind of making it tedious. It was kind of cool, though. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. Again, graphically, it, it looked fine. Uh, oh, I'm not a bit... Right. Here's the thing. I really don't like dice. Um, I don't like the dice. What's it called? I think it's called the Frost Frostbite Engine or something like that. I have that. no idea. The, yeah. the characters in that game just look too... Um, they, they look too plasticky. Right. Okay. There's something. There's something about humans in. Well, I, in the I, I game. tell you, the one I really like was the second one because it had like a little story and stuff. Um, it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. Like you know, I, I, I people were up in arms. Like, but there was a oh, really. But, it, but the campaign in it was so easy, man. Like, I'm not. Well, when dude, I say I easy, enjoyed it. No, no, no. You, I enjoyed. Well, it. What I'm saying, easy. <laughs> I mean, like literally, the people would just stand there and let you shoot them. Like it was that bad. Yeah, but there was a really cool moment, which I thought was really cool anyway, where. You're playing as the Imperial chick at the start, and then like she's like a special ops squad on Endor, and then that looked up and the Death Star exploded. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, except she becomes a rebel, so people were very unhappy with that too. Yeah, but oh, the, like the, look, when I say I enjoyed it, there were bits of it that I thought were bullshit. Like um, there was this section where you went and uh, had to talk to Han Solo and stuff. And you got to fly the Millennium Falcon, which was cool. But, like, the so-called campaign mode. Dude, it was so lame. You're walking around this bar, and it was like you had to click on fucking talk to these idiots. Like, it was it was really cheap. You know what I mean? Like, they, they put almost... Like, I wish it hadn't been there. It was that crap. You know what I mean? Like, just give me the battles. You know, the battles were cool. I, I, I like I frankly enjoyed it. Like I thought it was fun. Um, it felt like Star Wars to me, like old school Star Wars, you know, like run and gun kind of style. Like I know I'm easily pleased. Like I know everyone else hated it in the whole world, but I enjoyed it. But um but the but the so called campaign shit was tedious. Like 
you had to walk around and talk to people and stuff. And I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck about this. Just give me the battles, you know? Uh, and they were fun. And I don't know. There was there was plus and minuses to it, man. Like, they could do it a lot better. Like, to me, it was like a dry run at a game. Like, I'm like, the next time they do this, they could probably make this heaps better kind of thing, you know? Um, that's how mm, I got that. Maybe, but I don't think there's going to be another one. Why? I don't know, because they haven't announced one. I don't well, think no, 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 but not even, it doesn't need to be whatever that was called, Battlefront 3. But the next time they do a Star Wars... Well, apparently the next Star Wars game is going to be a Ubisoft game. Really? Apparently, unless they get into... Well, that might be better. More financial words and can't make it. Well, that might be better. You know? Like, when I say the next game, I'm talking the next time they do a shooter. You know? Like, come on, man. You've got to, like, get with the times, dude. I don't know where you are, man. Give it it to, like... um... Give it to, like, id. Give me, like, a Doom-feeling shooter. But Doom's a lot harder, man. You know? No, I'm not saying with demons and stuff, but I'm just saying with that smooth gun gameplay. I'd be down for that. Make me feel like a badass running around just being a bounty hunter or a a stormtrooper or something. I I wouldn't be against that, man. I I think that's a decent idea from you. I think it's one of your best comments you've made this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm open to it, man. But give me something. Don't, don't give me the fucking that's void. The thing, like, you know, and, but this is why I say, like, we, the stuff we get now is so shit in comparison. And I don't want people saying, oh, you roast into glasses. No, it's not. We have so many cool first person shooter, um, uh, games. Um, there was like Dark Forces, there's oh. Jedi. Like, there was a lot of cool first person shooter games, very reminiscent to like the original, like Wolfenstein and Doom and stuff and all that. Mm. You know, uh, it felt very much in that vein, and they were fun, man. They were so much fucking fun. Mm. Um, what, what, what Star Wars in the since Disney's owned it, right? Which mm. is how, how many years has it been now? Is it Maybe how many about is 10? It Roughly between 10 and 15 years, whatever, something like, like something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We've had what three Star Wars games. Oh, yeah, two, not many. Two shitty Battlefront and the Fallen Order. Okay, well, Fallen Order people enjoyed. Yeah, but I'm just, no, no, I'm not saying whether the quality, I'm talking about the quantity. I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah, 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 back yeah. in the day, anyone yeah. could, not anyone, but, I mean, a lot of people could get the license or approach them and say, we, you know, or, or they mm. could go to these companies and say, you know, make us a game because all the games were made by different studios back in the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And But because of that, you've got so many different types of games. I've got I've got a lot of games, right? I've got the Nice City Auto Piper games. I've got the fucking um, strategy, real-time strategy, uh, mm. Empire War sort of games and all that, right? I've got the like the Rebel, the the X-wing and the Y-wings and all that sort of stuff and all that for like the the, the old like flying simulator games. Cool. You know, I, I've got the the battle the old Battlefront games and all this. Like there was just such a variety mm. of like you know of, of different types. Oh, there was a stupid car race, you know, little. Um, pod racing ones and all that my point is there was a variety and not all of them were good but at least there was a variety of yeah you know then you had the um um uh, force unleashed you know i mean yeah. there was just i don't know I, I i i just wish i had more of there was more variety and again the next game okay i know ubisoft said they they're gonna be waking one and we've got the next jedi fallen order but yeah. i mean that's all there is really like yeah. If you don't like shooting games or sort of Dark Soulsy games, you know maybe you're a strategy game or you like a first-person shooter. There's no Star Wars games. Well, 
Battlefront is, but I'm talking about like a story-driven Doom-style sort of shooter where you get to just like go level by level. And yeah, shoot. man. I yeah. I, I you know what games that I enjoyed was the Force Unleashed. Oh shit! There is a game I forgot that just came out recently. Fighter Pilot. What was it called? Is it called Squadrons? Yes, yes, yeah. I haven't played it. That was the um. Actually, I wanted to play it too. That was the X-wing versus Tie Fighter thing, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Do you know how many fucking uh, Xbox Star Wars games there are on the original Xbox? There's so many. A lot. Yeah, they pumped there's it out. Lot. They pumped it out back in the day. I think there's Disney like to um kind of be more. You know. And by the way, when when I say back in the day, I know that there was a slowdown even during the and the PS3 days. But I, when I say the good old days, I am talking about original Xbox and, and PlayStation 2 days. Mm. Like, that was when you had the most fucking PC and console games. Yeah. Stuff. Well, anyway, man, like, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe the future will turn around and be all rosy again. Um, Velma. I do think it's funny that the new game, the Cal Kestis guy looks a fucking lot like Carl uh, Katon. Yeah. Okay. What's that? What's that from? What game? Oh no, Carl Katon is a Legends character with a mm. beard. He's from the games uh, uh, Jedi Outcast, um, Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. Good character or shit? Fan favorite character of Legends fans. Okay, cool. Um, I watched. Now I said to you, remember last week we were talking about Vilma. I said I would watch it. Remember I said I would give it a an episode. You said you would try. Well, like that night, I put on Velma, excruciatingly bad. <laughs> like, no, no, and I, and this is not racist because I, I couldn't care less that she's Indian or whatever. Like, that wasn't the problem. Not funny. Firstly, firstly, that that's the thing. Not funny and not that well animated, but m- more than anything. Just not funny, and I put and I put against it Rick and Morty, which I love, and Harley Quinn, which I love. They're two animated shows that I happily watch. Another one is BoJack Horseman. I love that show. Now, so there's three animated shows, different styles, each of those that I love. The humor I could watch those shows any any day, any of the week. This was, I mean, it's just not funny. It's the same so-called joke again and again that like. Uh, just all sexism, you know, stuff. Sexism jokes, basically. Jokes about that kind of stuff. Like, But it's, when I say jokes, they're not even funny. They're barely jokes. Um, it was really, really poor. Uh, worse than I expected, actually. Um, well, I see my prediction came... So, so it was fresh last week when we were talking about it. It had like 60%. And I, I predicted mm. that once more reviews came in, it would go rotten and it has... It's now fifty percent, which is rotten. So yeah, it well, it deserves to be. Rotten. I mean, it was. I, I wouldn't be so against it. Uh, I've I know one guy, Charlie from Capes and Lunatics. He's just r- defending it, like just radically defending it, like like. Well, I mean, it's it's broken a record. So Velma dethrones the terrible live action Dragon Ball movie for worst audience score on Rotten. <laughs> well, that everyone hated that movie. Yeah. Well, now. Now it's it's come up one spot because Velma now takes that bottom spot. It's got a fifty nine on Metacritic. It's got a point four user score and, on Metacritic, and apparently it's been renewed for a second season already. That I don't understand. Uh, I really don't get it. Like it's not good. Like I, I mean, 
yeah, I, I don't know how they've renewed it because it sucks. Um, it's not funny. I like, and I and I hate to say that, you know, I I, I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. Like, it, it also hurts that Scooby's not in it. Um, I think Scooby would have probably helped this. Uh, it was shit. Yeah. And it, and it's been slammed too. Like Jesus Christ, this show's been slammed. And the only pushback you get is, uh, everyone's racist. You know. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> We're oh, all right. Sure. Like, and and that that's such a lazy fucking uh, how can I say response? Because that isn't what sucks about the show. The fact that she's not um, I I don't even know what film it was. But like the fact that it's played by Mindy Kaling isn't the problem here. Um. It's the joke. It's the jokes. The writing is terrible, actually. I will say this. Well, there's nothing worse. They always say comedy's the hardest to do because when comedy falls flat, it's almost almost cringeworthy. You know, when you're watching a... It's like when you're watching a stand-up comedian who just doesn't do it right. You know, a stand-up comedian that just dies. It, it, It happens. It happens even to great comedians. It's like watching a death you know, it's 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 painful to watch. That's how this felt. Fifteen minutes in, it was like the longest fifteen minutes of any show that I've watched in the last ten years. I was like, this is just not. <laughs> and, and and it's rare for me because I do like to give things a chance. I want to point out, I watched two episodes of Naomi, which was a show that was so incredibly empty. You know, because I wanted to give it a chance. Fifteen minutes was enough. I was like, I've seen actually enough now. I've seen fifteen minutes of this. I've heard the jokes, multiple scenes. I've seen a fair selection of their characters. It's just not funny. It's just not for me. Fuck this show. And I just turned off. Um, that's a review in itself, I think. You know? And it's nothing to do with the fucking race of Vilma. I couldn't care less. You know? Um, yeah, just a, just a bad show, basically. And I know one guy who's supporting it, uh, Charlie, uh, from Capes of Lunatics. So I don't know why, but, you know, according to him, it's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> and oh no! Look, okay. Look, here's the thing. I don't begrudge anyone liking a bad show, right? Because um, there's always going to be a minority on anything. Sure. You know what I mean? But just because one person likes it doesn't make it a good. Show. And, you know what I mean? Like as well, he he constantly keeps saying it's the racists and the sexists. Oh, you know, yeah. you know. And it's just like, dude, it, what about the jokes sucking? That's why I don't like it. Uh, anyway, so Velma sucks, which you predicted, Rich, actually, and I and I did give it a chance, and I watched it that night. So I was, it was, it was fresh on HBO Max. I thought I'm going to watch it, and I just turned it off. Uh, what's this about Power Rangers, Rich? What's going on? Um, yeah, so um, uh, for Power Rangers fans, it's a 30th anniversary special on Netflix called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always. Is it a documentary is or is it a? What it's it? kind of like a reunion type of um, okay. like anniversary special, uh, and some of the uh, rangers are coming back, and obviously they're going to be reminiscing. And but I, I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd watch that. I mean, I, I, I only now, saw a few episodes. Not not all of them are coming back. One's um, dead. Well, yes, but I mean, um, what's her name? Johnson, the one that played the Pink Ranger. Oh, the hot one. Um, yeah, she's not coming back. Ah, oh, why? I, I oh look, some of them might actually have been busy when they did it, or. I don't know. Maybe they were yeah. didn't like their offers or whatever. Sure, I liked the Who'd Pink know? Ranger. Pink Ranger was cool. Yeah. Um, now, what was so funny though is mm. because I was watching this trailer because mm. um, it was the blue and the black Power Ranger, and they were talking about it. 
you know, I watched the trailer for it. Then YouTube recommended me another video. Mm. And what I found surprising about this video is that it mm. had mm. Um, Orson St. John in it. Mm. And I thought, oh, is this an old video? Because obviously we last time we talked about him, there was charges of him being the fraud or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, there was something. Thing and all that. Yeah, 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 there was something but like I, that. I looked at the date on the video and the video was only a couple of days old. That was and all to so, do with that was all to do with it was business loans or something. It was it was it was like yet. fraud. It was fraud basically. Fraud yeah. fraud, fraud now, allegations. So I decided I thought, well, hang on a second. If he's now on YouTube doing videos, mm. he's obviously not in jail. I wonder what happened with that that story. And let yeah. me tell you something. It's not easy finding anything on his actual fucking story. Like yeah. I there's just nothing on it. What I'd managed to find out was that um uh it could still be going through the court. There's, so. there's, the, he's pled not guilty and yeah. was released in like right, or pretty much right after it, like it happened. So you know he uh-huh. got charged. He pled not guilty and he was released. But that's it. It's the only information I can well, find. It's still so, going through the courts, like, and he can't. It's got here. Uh, his occupation requires him to travel across the country. The court granted him permission. So he's he's. He's on probation, granted permission to do so under legal supervision within his submitted itinerary, which includes his previously scheduled convention appearances on May 25th. I'll tell you what, on, on that video, he looked extremely happy and because mm. um, he was doing the video with uh, Walter Emmanuel Jones, who is Black Ranger. Mm. Um, that's, but I'm just saying, for someone who's supposed to be, he seemed very like, like, like there's no worry in the world. So... Yeah. He yeah. must be extremely confident that he's done nothing. Well, yeah, so, well, you know, I mean. But anyway, it just—it was just so interesting that I was just like, I completely forgot about that story. And then trying to look it up, is, you know, there's not that much information on. Well, there was also that other guy who killed someone with a sword. Yeah, but um, that was years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Ricardo Mendena Jr. Let's find out yeah. where, where he is, man. He was—he was originally he's charged. Dead. He originally charged with first degree murder. Uh, but it was put down to voluntary manslaughter. Let's find out. Uh, he killed his roommate with a sword. Uh, he's out of jail, it looks like. Released. Uh, he's been released from prison. Uh, he's out of he's out of the cubes now. Um, as a twenty twenty release from prison. I wonder if he was there. You know. <laughs> I mean, well, one of the guys killed himself. The Pink Ranger's not turning up. Ricardo Medina Junior's fresh out of jail. I wonder if he's there. And we've got one guy who's got an ongoing court case against him for... Um... Actually, I don't know if Austin St. John is on the special. I didn't see him in the trial. You said Austin St. John is in it. No, I said it recommended me another video. Right. Uh, because I was watching a video and it's a Power Rangers one. And so then it obviously recommended me. Oh, like, I see what oh, you're saying. You might like this. And it was him and Emmanuel Jones. And they were... They were basically, there was a video where they were... Uh, uh, looking at the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers collectibles and the toys from over the years mm. about the show, and they were just like, you know, oh my god, you remember this? And I remember that episode, and it's just like, I guess something for the fans of like a kind of like a commentary yeah. thing on like the toys and stuff and all that. And as I said, I just saw the date in the video, and it was only like four days ago that it was uploaded, uh, released. I mean, I'm just trying to work out when they say probation. Uh, does that mean that he's pled out and then he's on probation? Well, I don't know because, as I said, the only thing I found is that he pled not guilty and he was released in May 2022. So, mm. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if it's ongoing, it. though. That's what I'm trying to work out here. I'm... That's what I said. I just couldn't really find, like, nothing on his Wikipedia. There was When yeah. I put in Austin John's news, um, it, it just gives me, like, uh, it, it. I got Tommy news. I got fucking the, the, the Netflix special. I just could not really find yeah, anything. I think it's still ongoing, dude. I think that's, that, I think that's what it's it is. it's weird that you wouldn't just have at least some kind of update. Well, like, he can't talk just, about it. He, so part no, of I mean is, from, yeah. like, maybe reporters or someone just saying of, like, what's going on or yeah. when it's due and I don't yeah. know. I just said, I don't know. But yeah. then again, um, the Rick and Morty guy managed to keep shit quiet for two years. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe the court transcripts are sealed. Who knows? I mean, it could, it could. But be anyway, it just got me thinking that I just saw him and I was like, oh, I know. Second, I thought that wasn't he wasn't he like charged or something like that. And yeah, yeah. Did a bit of a dive, but I didn't find anything. So, well, anyway, moving on. Matt Reeves, who I did not realize directed the original Cloverfield. I always thought that was J.J. Abrams. I think J.J. wrote it. Yeah. Okay. See, there you go. Uh, um. So Matt Reeves, well before the Planet of the Apes movies and the Batman. So he was talking about the monster in Cloverfield. I enjoyed Cloverfield, the movie, actually. Did you like it? I don't remember it. Oh, I no, I really... It was the monster one, remember? It's like found footage. I of know, of it. I just can't, I can't remember anything. I don't think I watched it. Oh, wait. I know there was a party and then... Yeah, like, and it goes crazy. Party and shit goes down and you never really, like... No it, one knows what's happening. It, and... Yeah, it's like found footage and it's all like... Yeah, yeah it's crazy. But anyway, the monster in it. You have to... He was talking about the monster. This is recently. You have to figure out how to direct the monster, so to speak. So you have to understand what's going on with them emotionally. For me, the big secret was the monster was a baby and was experiencing separation anxiety. The reason the monster was freaking out is because they were having fits based on looking for their mother. So the monster was just as afraid as the main characters because it seems like there would be nothing more terrifying than the human element fighting this giant monster element and actually both of them are just terrified. That's a mess. That's not good. So that part of it was absolutely something we talked about in the creation of the creature and in terms of how I shot it. It's alien. And in fact, at the end of the movie, you can see the moment when it comes to Earth. You do. It's another one of these little Easter egg moments. But when we revisit that footage where they're on the Ferris wheel at the end, you can see the meteor flying down and hitting the ocean. That's actually the beginning of the baby being on Earth. And you do see it. Like it's at the very end of the film, it cuts back to the start of the day where they're on the Ferris wheel and in the background, like, the the meteor comes down. I always enjoyed that part. But it's a good... Look, I actually enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, it's one of my favourite found footage movies, probably outside Blair Witch Project. Um, you've got some stuff here on Netflix, Rich? What's going on? Uh, so, oh, yeah, I, I read this the other night. I was just most ashamed with the greed. Netflixes, they are open to offering a ad-free subscription tier at some point in the future. And so that I wrote, how generous are them to increase prices almost every year, then start showing ads, and then be open to yeah. allowing you to pay more not to get the ads? Oh, yes, the old YouTube model. I was going to say, there are no ads on Netflix now, are there? No, but they are going to be put... Well, you get ads for other shows, and then they, they are apparently putting ads oh, uh, in them. it. Because, again, people are, are, are cancelling their subscriptions, man, because it's getting too expensive. Yeah, and uh, also the... um other streamers have kind of cut their lunch oh god yes i mean there's so many streaming options now yeah like it's yeah like um yeah netflix if anything they're sort of like they're the ones who broke through first but they're it's almost like they're the ones who are struggling to retain um the the you know the coffee the water cooler shows like it's tough for them they were first but they're also the most expensive now yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I watch Hulu and HBO Max more than Netflix. I, I don't watch a lot of Netflix, to be honest. I, although it does have some stuff on there that I, I do want to watch. Um, but I just, it's never my first option. I never think Netflix first, you know? Mm. Um, I do want to yeah, watch that. Well, yeah. Been, yeah. Is that um, Money Morphin Power Rangers thing on Netflix, did you say? Yeah, yeah. If it's well, only... April 19th, though, so it's not... Oh, on okay. Well, see, I'd watch that. Uh, I'm watching Barbarians, which I don't love, but I am watching it. Um, and I'm watching... Uh, well, Star Trek's on Netflix, um, so I, I do check out some Star Trek on Netflix. But, I mean, fuck. Like, that's not much when you think about Netflix. It's got a lot of shit. Michelle watches a little bit more than me. Um, now, you've got something here about some player on uh, Red Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you've heard of Stadia? The Google no. failed gaming system? No. No? Okay. Anyway. But it's a failed system. It's pretty much shut down. It's It's gone. So yeah. whatever games, tough shit. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, but there's a player who spent six over 6,000 hours playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on Jesus. Stadia. And because it's all been shut down, um, oh. Rockstar... 6,000? ...who found out about it uh, is offered to move his <laughs> stuff across to whatever platform he wants to move it to. But they also sent him a goodbye care package with a whole bunch of like Rockstar goodies in it and all that sort of stuff. Just as a, hey, thanks for playing the game so much and also playing it on a defunct fucking system that no one bought and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So uh, wow. they've done stuff in the past. I just thought it was a funny story. that it I is funny. Like, so uh, I didn't even know. I thought it was like a console game, like on PS5 and PS3 or whatever and 4 and you know, Xbox and stuff. Was Stadia like an, another gaming system that I just know nothing about? Correct. Okay. You, never, are, you are out of the loop. I've never heard of it in my life. Um, fuck, where's my package for Assassin's Creed Valhalla? That's Ubisoft. That's got nothing I to want do one. I've played a lot of Red Dead too. I don't think you played 6,000 hours. Feels like I have sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I deserve something. Don't you? To Ubisoft. I want something. I want something. I want something. If this oh, fucking I guy, I can't give you anything. I'm not Ubisoft. This fucking guy. He's got. He's got the sweetheart deal, hasn't he? He's got it all. He's got Rockstar throwing money at him. Through, oh, we want to upgrade you. We want to do this. I mean, seriously, this fucking loser who could have been playing it on like a, a on seriously on an Xbox One like everyone else. But he's playing on some weird system that I, I don't even understand on Google. However, you do that. I th- yeah, I think Stadia was cloud gaming though, so it was digital. Not so happy. You play it on- I'm not happy. I think you can play it on the go as well. Not happy. Super not happy. Yeah, but you know, you're never happy when you don't get <laughs> shit. So <laughs> I feel slighted, man. I want some free shit. I want some free shit. Come on, Rockstar. Well, I love gonna, Rockstar. Are you, are you, are you, are you going to throw a tantrum now, dude? I am throwing a tantrum. I'm not happy. <laughs> this reminds me when everyone gets all the free tickets to everything and, the, and the, you know, like they get faded and celebrated and praised. I want something. I want some merch. <laughs> Keep Rockstar, you throw me something, I will shill like there's no tomorrow. I will just talk. Ubisoft, how many hours have I spent defending your products? Come on. I want, I want, I, and I'm greedy too, Rich. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm greedy. So, like, I, I'm, you know, one of my favorite heroes, Scrooge McDuck, and I, that I actually always felt like, what a beautiful person. 
he, he little duck that he was like swimming in his gold. Anyway, I just, I'm just <laughs> not happy. I'm just, I'm bitter. I'm jealous. I'll be honest. There's a bit of jealousy. Would you detect some jealousy, Rich? Just a bit. Yeah. Anyway. I met a man who said, You know, a man who knew what was going on. I was mistaken.
Twingly Comics, Rich. Let's move away. From, let's move away from this fiasco um, with this guy getting all the free shit. Uh, now, your suggestion was um, that we do a comic that's the same number as the episode till we get to 300. So we did 2000 AD, 297, um, mm. which I th- thought was fun. It had Robo Hunter in there, Sam Slade. It had Harry on High Rock. Might even have been the first installment of Harry on High Rock, which is one of my favourite storylines from 2000 AD. Had a funny Judge Red story with a guy who was... Um, was he radiation poisoning? And he was just like... He was really struggling. I know that. And Dredd just kills him at the end. Yeah, I don't know what he is, but he wanted flesh. Yeah, I think it was... He was definitely a radiator, but I don't know if he was a human or... Yeah, I, I, I thought he was from the Cursed Earth or something, but it was a fun story. Um, hmm. Did you like my snapshot? I did a snapshot. It was like 2000 AD snapshot from back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, yeah, it was like picking up one of the magazines from in in the uh, news agent and yeah, getting all the little stories. And I uh, had you ever read Sam Slade before? Because I used to love Sam Slade. Um, he was. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bummer. That's. Yeah, yeah, the oh, with his talking, um, yeah, talking, talking cigar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that stupid um, uh, robot he had—I forget what the ro- hoagie. I think was it, or was hoagie the? Um, I think hoagie was the uh, the uh, si senor yeah. uh, <laughs> Spanish Mexican um, <laughs> cigarette uh, who actually spoke in that sort of. Um, we are in. <laughs> you know, it's like Smitty Gonzalez. <laughs> no, it's actually, I think, worse than that. <laughs> but it was it's, fun. It's somehow, somehow it's weird when you read it. Yeah. Because it was, of how it's spelt. Yeah, it was fun. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. I look, for me, it was it was a bit of fun. I was I was going to select, like, a US comic, but I thought, why don't we just go to 2008 and try one out? Like, it's going to be fun. We know that. Early 80s. Um... Still all black and white. It was even before... Or was there one colour page? It was the middle page colour by that point? Because, no. yeah, it wasn't that long after that that the middle page became colour, which was generally judged red. Um, but, I mean, I'm giving this an 8.5 out of 10. I think it was a classic to the ZND, just a slice of life. And Harry on High Rock, by the way, Rich, um, I'd happily do that story on Signal one time if you want to. It's a good one. Sure. Um, it's it's a it's a one and done. Like so, it's like say sixteen twenty pages. I I got it on um two thousand eighteen monthly, which I've spoken about before on the show. That's what they were doing by the mid to late eighties. They were putting because they had such a backlog. They put out a monthly comic, which was just a reprint. Mm-hmm. And Harry on High Rock was enclosed in one two thousand eighteen monthly, and it was an excellent story of a prison break kind of thing in, from space uh, of a you know, innocent guy. And it was just a one and done. And it was a hell of a lot of fun. I always, the same guy who wrote a lot of Rogue Trooper, Jerry Finley Day, he he was a co-creator of Rogue Trooper, uh, who was also in this episode, by the way, uh, in this issue. So yeah, it was was 8.5. What are you giving it, Rich? 8 out of 10. Okay. Then we had the much talked about Action Comics 1050. And I heard uh, one of the creators... Uh, not Tom Taylor. Uh, Kenneth Dale Johnson, whatever that guy's name is. Um, anyway, the one of the one of the writers for Superman was on John Suntress, and he was plugging this. So I thought, 
seemed interesting, and it's all about the um, the wiping of the public knowing about Clark Kent's identity. What a boring fucking issue. Um, mm. Jesus Christ. Like, they just bore me shitless. Like... I, I thought it was going to be like an anthology. I thought, like, I know there's like a little tiny bit at the end, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just felt it was very vanilla. I, I mean, I, I like the idea that they're getting rid of the public knowing Clark Kent and John Kent, uh, Superman, and yeah, I mean, that's the only good thing about it's it. It's the only good thing about it. Like, uh, I also didn't understand Lex Luthor's imprisoned at the end of this issue. But then he turns up in the hologram to someone else at the end. He's, it was yeah, I think, I think that's one of those, like, uh, you know, oh, this is now happening in the future kind of thing. And right. Like, let's, it's just, you know, I don't know. Also, I don't... Can I be honest? Why was Superman looking so fucking young and Lex looking so young? They look like they were barely out of, the, you know, 20, 21, 22. Like, since when is... Cool. Does... It's, it's called uh, less than uh, what's the word? Less quality artist. Yeah, like yeah, the but the but for such a and I put a quote in quotes here. Landmark issue, Rich. The art was decidedly average. I felt. Yeah, and but uh, I don't. This stuck to me. It just shows you how poor writing again. So there's a moment where like Lex like banishes Superman to another fucking dimension mm. and Superman comes straight back like something out of Dragon Ball and he's like, what? How do you do it? And he's like, I've evolved. Next. I can now like fucking see the world. You know what I mean? See like the universe and it's trapping and I can move at the speed of this. I don't need whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's weird because just early in the fucking comic, <laughs> you were you were holding a dam and your son's like, you need a hand there, dad? And yeah. you're like, oh, hell yeah, I do. Need to get some more metal. Get me some more metal. I was like, well, you're so all fucking powerful now. You could have done in the blink of a fucking eye. Uh, so, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, but you needed to have the, like, oh, I'm helping, Dad. I'm helping. It's like, oh, my God. And the dialogue between him and his boyfriend, the uh, John and his boyfriend, was so, like, was I was poor. like, oh, my God. It was poor. I was um, like, real people in a relationship don't talk like this. <laughs> it was, no, it was poor. The whole thing was poor. Um, I, I tell you what, I can't stand John Kent. Like, there's no need for him. I definitely can't stand this, John Kent. I completely agree with you, one hundred. Oh, there's just no need. Like I always, I like, love I, the uh, Super Sons. I love that John Kent. I know you do. And when it when it was when it was him and uh, Damien, I thought that was such a good pairing of those two at that age. So uh, let's. So okay, we, we agree. It was lackluster. Uh, although I did mm. like that it wiped the identity. But poor old Perry White just had a stroke. And he, like, I was confused oh, that, by what that, happened. Yeah, that was that was because of the um, the the, well, the thing that Lex did with the Manchester Black. So okay, so also, so they said, oh, everyone's forgotten except Batman. Was like, oh no, but our Justice League people have telepathic shields. I was like, okay, so all the Justice League still know who you are. Okay, that, that at least it explains it. You know what I mean? And then they were like. And there was a shield over your farmhouse. And Apparently. so how did Perry not, was he not oh, in the shield? because when that happened, no, he was still driving there. Ah, okay, right. So Mara and Pa Kent know that um, he's, well, I guess he would have told them anyway, but they know. And Lois, I well, guess. They were, they were in, well, they were all in the bubble. 
How funny was the part where they were like, oh, one of the bad things that happened was that Lois's career got affected. He's like, yeah, I felt really bad about that. I was like, who's writing these fucking comics? Like, they're just... They're just... Yeah, like, I was, I was like, oh, like, you could... Like, a good writer could convey that scene so less clumsily, you know, but, like, but they're so determined to apologise that they just they there's just no editorial control like it's just like we need to fix this let's do this in the most ham-fisted way possible and make it as obvious as possible and let's also apologize while we're here you know and it's just like oh god you guys suck i i read that line and i was my eyes almost rolled out of my head i was like oh my god like and i love lois and but i'm like what we didn't need was that dialogue scene you know that was not necessary so was lois there as well yeah, I think okay. all of them were there. Look, I've got no problems with them putting the genie back in the bottle. I've got no problems with that at all. I, I, I think Bendis was fucking stupid and, and did a poor job. And, yeah, I mean... Yeah, but, you know, but can I... I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know what the... Um, I don't know what the end goal is with having Lex do it. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it would have been interesting if, if, if Magister Black did that on his own accord. That he, you know, yeah, but they redeemed Manchester Black a bit, I think. So, you know, no, but no, 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 but that's a good thing that what he did. Mm. Imagine Manchester Black doing that for Superman, even like I I know this could probably cost my life, but you know, he's really opened my eyes and you know, Mm. and I'm going to do this for him, Mm. you know, and maybe it does end up looking like he's dying. I just think it's weird. I'm like, okay, but why does Lex want to do it? Like, I'm just trying to figure out why Lex is the person putting the genie back in the bottle. I have no idea. Yeah, that, that uh, like, yeah, that, the good question. Um, absolutely no idea. And really, frankly, it doesn't explain it at all. It's just like, apparently Lex really wants everyone to not know that Clark Kent is Superman, I guess. For some reason. And, but, but Lex still knows, yeah? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe it's just to have, uh, look, I'm speculating, but maybe it's just to have the knowledge, you know? To like uh, to to have that bargaining chip kind of thing, you know. I just feel like I I could I could understand if his plan was to even make Superman feel like forget that he was Clark Kent. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know I what agree. I mean. That would be funny. Like, yeah. um, or make Clark Kent forget that he's Superman, thereby getting rid of Superman. Like that could have been. I don't know. That yeah. seems interesting. That seems definitely like something out of like, you know, uh, Bronze Age. Silver Age type. Yeah, of like wacky. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. But I don't know. As I said, uh, look, if it gets the genie back in the bottle and this is the best they can fucking do, which clearly it is, I mean, mm. uh, I well, guess. Not, again, I'm not reading it, so it doesn't bother. They're not great at these things. Like, when they when they had to kill off the new 52 Superman and bring back the regular Superman, I mean, that was a... We, we did that issue on the show and that was equally painful. Like, they don't do it well, man. Like, they're just like, they, they're they like, we have to get it done, but we're not going to quality control it. We're going to do it very ham-fisted, you know. I actually like the idea of the Manchester Black doing it like that. Like, I thought that was interesting. Um, I think it was the rest of the issue that I thought sucked. Like, the apology about Lois, just the, the I don't know, it was just piss poor. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, none of it was good. Um, 
the idea of Manchester Blake doing it like that to infect the whole world and kind of burn himself out was, I thought, kind of cool. You know, like well, he like, didn't do that. Lex made it. Lex, no, Lex him. made him do it. But uh, but what I mean is that that it was done. Like I thought was kind of cool. You know, um, myself. But the, it was the rest of the issue. I was like, man, is this the best that these guys can do? Like this is poor. Like I always find when I read modern day Superman, I'm always like, because I like Superman, and I probably like Superman a lot more since I've done the show, because I've read more, you know, like old stuff as well. And I'm always like, I go to read the new one, and I'm like all ready to read it, and then I'm like, man, is this the best? Like, like it's worse than it used to be, you know? Like, mm. I'll read, I'll read like classic stuff that I've not read before, so I've got no vested interest in, from like that Elliot Mag- S. Maggot stuff and everything. I'm like, this is good shit. And, and, I, and I read my fair share of the you know, Joe Kelly and um, Ed McGuinness and um, Jeff Loeb and all that. I loved it. And then I read this and I'm like, man, like, they've gotten worse at at doing Mm. this over the years. Like, somehow, they've regressed. And and, and I can understand when people... I think the thing I always find with them is they know it's a soap opera. Okay, we get it. But you write... They write like it's a soap opera. Like, it's, it's poor writing. You know, like, and I'm like, man, like, you, they, they seem worse in the Superman office than a lot of other comics, I find. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't think they do a very good job. And maybe I'm being harsh, but I mean, I've sampled plenty of modern Superman doing this show. And it's rare, rare that I read it and go, yeah, they've hit the nail on the head. You know, I, I think the best stuff was in the modern terms i thought the batman superman by joshua williamson that that uh, connor recommended i thought was was good you know i thought um it wasn't even superman that green lantern thing you did with zod was good um they stick out but reading the regular i read a fair chunk of bendis i read a couple of full trades of bendis for the show i thought it was very poor i thought this episode was very poor this issue was very poor and various other ones have been very poor. Like, it's not like the quality is that good. And John Kent sucks. And it was hilarious when they're like, oh, how is this going to affect John? Well, apparently he was totally happy with it. And oh, also, he was like, over the moon. Also, like, the art made the... You would have thought John Kent and Superman were brothers, the way the art was. You know, because Lex looks so oh, fucking... Fuck yeah. Like, suddenly Lex had lost about 20 years and Superman had lost 15 to 20 and he yeah. was 21, oh, that, 22 again. This artist should have been on like a Titans. Yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah. Something like that. But yeah, the, the, this person can't draw. It was like, almost uh, Superboy. I thought it was mid- Superboy. Well, what would you say? Mid- middle-aged men? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Batman. I always think of Batman as around 30, 31. You know, like current. Really? Batman. Oh, I see them closer to 40 these days. Oh, well, whatever, but, like, he's over 30, like, but he's that assured, he's not a youngster, you know what I mean? He's assured, but he's not middle-aged in the sense of he's not 40, 50. But anyway, that's how I view Batman. I view Superman probably a couple of years older, in my mind, you know? Um, but I know that they've tried to de-age him a lot as the years have gone by, so now he's about the same as Batman, so around 30. I mean, for me, I see Batman as, like, 36 and Superman yeah. maybe being like 38, 30, maybe yeah. even 40. Well, my my Superman growing up, 
because in the 80s, when I would pick up comics, I was Kurt Swan, you know, and he was always, like, the dad, you know? Like, he was, like... I, I didn't even put an age on it, but I would always think he was... Whatever age my dad was at the time, it's what Kurt Swan's Superman's going to be like. He was eternally 35-plus, you know? Mm. Um, that's always how I still think of Superman. So whenever I see Superman done young and he's not Superboy, my brain has to adjust. Superboy have got no problems at all. I could read Superboy stories till the cows came home if they were good, you know? And I enjoy Superboy stories. So it's not like I hate a young Superman, but... I just felt in this storyline, which is set in the current continuity, it was so weird to me that the Superman looked so fucking young and his so-called son didn't look that much different. Like, I was like, what are we doing here? Have we just got two of the same now? Like, like, I know the big thing is, like, I, I know people are up in arms, like, Oh, he's gay or whatever. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't give a shit. As far as I'm concerned, it's the only fucking personality trait the guy's got. You know, like, I, I just, it feels like they got Superman and they just went copy-paste and created this John Kent. And I'm like, oh, wow, job done. And then someone's like, oh, you know what, we've got to tweak him. Uh, let's make him gay. Okay, let's make him gay and give him his little romance subplot. And then that's all they've got. Like, it's that thin. You know, it's 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 like, well, you know what Superman, Superman needs? He needs a kid. Let's make him exactly like Superman. Okay. And then they're like, oh, shit, we better slightly change it. Let's make him gay. Okay, we'll make him gay. And they're like, oh, job done. Perfect. You know? And I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay, but it's nothing revolutionary. I don't think it's pulling in any new readers. I... There's nothing to cling on to. And, and I honestly feel that if you create too much of the same character in any universe... So if I'm writing my Demorne book and I have Demorne and she goes out with another fucking assassin exactly like her and her best friends, you know, not even just an assassin, but she has the same mannerisms and she likes the same things and she's just a clone of the original. It's very boring to read. Because there's no variety in the in the text. That's I say that as a creator. Like I'm conscious of that when I create characters. You want to have different viewpoints and characters in the story to spice up the story. Like it's just a it's an it's a trick. And you know, it's a narrative trick. And I think the Superman uh comic feels stale. And uh, I feel that like there's enough, like, I'm a Superman fan, you know. There's enough stuff in there that I, they, they, they kind of drag me back in because I'm like, oh, I wouldn't, I'd like to see what they're doing up to now. I like Lex. I like Superman. I don't even, you know, but it's like they're, they're playing the same tunes and very similar characters, and I just don't feel that they've progressed it at all, and I, it feels stale. I mean, am I being harsh, Rich? No, I don't think you're being harsh at all. Yeah. I, I feel like I give it a chance. Like, that's one thing about me, I will say. I, I, I seriously try. Like, it's like watching Velma. I, I, I try. Because I'm like, you know what? I get it. It, it. When they're like, it's quirky, you know, this and that. I'm like, it might not be for it might be for me. Like, you know how I like Harley Quinn? I know you hate it, but I love it. I understand. Two people can have two different reactions. So I do go in with an open mind. And I this keeps happening with Superman for me. With modern Superman. I'm like, I, I'll try it out. And I'm like, yeah, no. No, thank you. 
um, this sucks. And it's like, do better, DC. That's how I feel. Like, you're better than this. You know, like, you could you, you, you could make this... Which sense, I would but... say, uh, are they? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, fair point, Rich. Fair point. They, they seem to be proving you right again and again. You know, that, like, they're, 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 they're just struggling, man, I think, you know, at the end of the day. Like, if we have to be brutally honest with ourselves, I think they're actually struggling. You know, I think they're struggling for um, not just readers, but direction, you know? Yeah, I said, I said the biggest issue for me is that I, there's just no enjoyment in them. That's the thing. Mm. Like, there's just, there's no... There's nothing that gets you like excited, or mm. when you finish reading it, you go, oh, "Man, I can't wait for the next," you know, I "Can't wait for next month." Or which is the whole point of comics? Uh, it's supposed to, yeah. you know, like that's, yeah. that's what it like. That's what it used to be for me. Like, you know, I'd get my collection, I go home, I sit on the patio, and then I'd read them all. And I'm like, "Oh man, I've got to wait a whole fucking month because I'd read them all in one go." You know what I mean? And mm. you know, you read this, and I just go, "Whatever," and I'm done. I go, "Oh, thank God, I'm done." I don't have the like, "Oh man," <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like. If yeah. I'd read that and I'd be like, oh, fuck, this looks pretty good. I wouldn't mind reading that next month, you know, like, yeah, checking it out. No, I don't get that. I get a, oh, done, thank God, I can now, now I can go on with my day. Yeah, well, it's a shame. But and, that, hey, and that's not what you want to feel when you read something. You want to feel like no. you want to read the next one. Yeah, it's it, it's a slam on them. And this was, and, and by the way, this was, before we get off this topic, because it's important to me, like, Let's have a look and see how much this one costs, because I guarantee you it costs a lot. We'll have a look at the US. I'm talking about cover price here. So what was it? Action Comics? And so this is where they're veering off. So I believe this Johnson guy is going to be doing action. Tom Taylor's going to be doing, I think, Superman, or uh, like Superman, um, what's the son's name? John Kent. He's he's doing the John Kent story. uh, Uh, Was it called John Kent Superman or something like that? Something like that. Okay, so he's actually calling himself fucking Superman. Is he? Yeah, he's also called Superman. Yeah, well, well, but that's not when the two characters with the same name. I just can't fucking stand it. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, okay. So in the US, this was six dollars, five dollars ninety nine for a comic. Uh, this was um, the Dark Crisis was over, Rich. Well, you wouldn't have even known anything. Was there? Forgot there yeah, was even a didn't crisis. even like. Wow, the crisis no one cared about. The crisis that just. Oh my god! It's all over, everyone. What is the crisis? <laughs> yeah, what what oh, crisis? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the one where everyone died. They did. <laughs> oh, they're okay. all back. No, they're all back. It's okay. Oh wow! So it was like this is the episode you could miss. <laughs> Every episode is the one. I can um, so it was it was six, five dollars ninety nine in um, the states, and it was it was technically a forty pager, but my god, they stretched it. Um, let's see what it retailed for at King's Comics. I want to say it was probably over ten bucks in Australia. Let's have a look. Uh, and I'm not blaming King's for this because, like you know, they've got a job to do and they've got to convert it and stuff. Let's have a look and see what. Um, what what action comics? Because I'd love to know the sales numbers on it as well. You know, I would love to know like how much. Because the, they 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 hyped this. He got on. Wow, Jesus! Have a guess, Rich. How much action comics? Uh, if I'm looking at the right thing here, was in um, Australia and King's Comics Action Comics one thousand and fifty, which we just read. Have a guess. Thirteen ninety nine. Higher. 
1799. No, 14.95. You're almost you're right on it. But what a fucking rip off. <laughs> Can I just say that like there's a million and two variant copies and they're all 14.95. Uh, oh, well, I'll slow down. You can get a $50 copy. Wow, you can really. $80, $120. Yeah, $120 seems to be the most expensive. If you're spending $120 on this, and by the way, the $120 one is a terrible fucking cover. I don't know what's going on with that cover. Oh, mate, that's a, that's a discussion we can have on another show. Jesus. The art of the cover is fucking dead. Some of the cover art in this is really bad. Uh, I'm looking at the, just some of the variant covers. I, and believe you me, I don't look at this stuff normally. So maybe this is... The normal cover is... Yeah, I, for some weird reason, Superboy or as a kid, not as he is now. Like, it's like a young Super Sun Super Superboy with... Since when is Crypto a golden retriever? I thought he was white. Is it... What do you mean? Crypto's no. white. Isn't he? Yeah, of course he is. Well, in this cover of this, he's 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 golden retriever. Well, probably someone didn't know what fucking crypto was. Jesus. Well, that's a fucking strike. Uh, so there's one of there's one of that. There's quite a good one with Mephisto. Uh, not Mephisto. Uh, Mister McPizzlick. I think it's Mister McPizzlick on a bed, a Superman bed. Actually, that's the best cover. There's a really bad one of Lex Luthor. There's sort of one of um, a stylish one of, like, Bearded Superman. Uh, yeah, they, there's a lot of very ordinary covers, actually. There's an Archie Comics rip-off one, which is probably actually quite good. There's one of Bibbo. Is his name Bibbo? You know, um, arm wrestling, uh, maybe Detective Chimp in a Superman cape. And there's the proper crypto, who's white. So someone who drew this cover, which I like, actually, knew the crypto. It's Steve Lieber, who's a good artist. Um, and he drew crypto as white. So, well done for getting the fucking color of crypto right. But, the, uh, dude, I swear to you, the worst one that I'm looking at is 120 bucks. It looks terrible. Alexander Lozanzo, wraparound cardstock, whatever that means. Um, yeah, terrible. Um, so, yeah, if you spend 120 bucks on Action Comics. Ten fifty. Uh, I, I hope for your sake that it's worth a lot on eBay because that's the only place you're going to be getting that money. I wouldn't spend five dollars on this comic. Fuck spending five dollars on this comic. Actually, having read it, you know, um, mm. they they just rip you these days, don't they, man? They just rip. They just like we will fucking rip. I know our audience is declining. Our solution: rip the ones we've got left. Rip them. Rip them. Rip them. Like. You know how they always used to say, like we got, uh, I think Michael Kellishin was mentioning it, that they try to make 80% of their money off the 20. I, I honestly feel now they're like, we want to make a fucking 90% off the top 2%. You know, they're like, they're, they're really specialising now. They're really like, grind these fuckers who are still turning up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm almost surprised they're not charging uh, entry price to the comic store. You remember, like, uh, back in the day when you go to the clubs? <laughs> yeah. Cover charge. It's just... I don't think I don't think anyone would be buying then. No. But, uh, look, I'm not slamming King's Comics because... But, like, I just... I'm slamming the industry itself. And I... This was such a poor, very, very average to below average comic. And it was billed as a big event 
it was the event was big in a sense in that like it is big to put Superman's identity back. The execution was dull and it was poor. I'm giving this comic a one out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, I'll go with that. I didn't actually have a score for this. Yeah, I'll fuck it, man. Like um now uh, Trade of the Week was Crimson Empire 2. This was a sequel to Crimson Empire 1, obviously. I felt this was very entertaining. Maybe uh, when I, it was actually as good. It felt more cluttered. But I really enjoyed it, like Grappa the Hut. Um, excellent artwork. Really. So, yeah, the, the, this one was a lot more intricate than the first one. So... Um, obviously, I read the tie-in one where he becomes the bounty hunter for the yes, first time yes. to hunt himself, which is good. Um, and then what the plan was is he was gonna he was gonna make a name for the bounty hunter so that the council, mm. the, the the people that he's trying to get to, mm. uh, Imperial Council, would hire him to hunt himself mm. so he could get close to them and all that. But uh, obviously, it didn't work out that way. There were some other machinations and stuff, and there was cloning and all that sort of stuff going on and all that. Um, but I thought it was a good continuation. It was, oh, and 100%. It just feels like a far more enjoyable Star, Star Wars than what we get um, now. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the character is, is quite interesting because he's still not... He, he doesn't care about the rebels. Like, no. you know, he's not... He, he hasn't sort of... Well, although they do come and say, you know, as he's finding out more... He, is sort of starting to see that maybe you know the emperor and all that isn't as wonderful as mm. he's been trained and and taught to believe and all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't also necessarily mean that he cares about the rebels. No, it just definitely. means that okay, the the emperor wasn't great, but you know because he's still planning on taking out Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like still got next to grind with Skywalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still he's he's you know, it ends with him going like, "I'm still got my plan to to get Skywalker for killing the Emperor." So, that's fair enough. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, it's like back in the day, and I don't mean to be—I'm not apologising for them, but like, if you were a fanatical member of Hitler's bodyguard, um, mm. you know, but, there's nothing you could do to convince those guys otherwise, really. I think. But what I like is that he's not just flipping. You know what I mean? It's not just a oh, the the Emperor was evil. Oh my God, you're right. Okay, yeah. I'm going to join the rebels now. It's it's a slower process, which is really good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like that he hasn't just flipped flipped instantaneously, and and now he's a good guy, and and you know I like that he's now got a dual identity, and he's using it all to get his revenge. It's and, cool, yeah. But again, there's also other machinations going on, so it's not just a pure like revenge. There is other moving parts, and there's other people yeah. that got their plans and stuff and all that, and um, uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, art was fantastic. The story was really good. It went. Pretty like I was, you know, I was sitting this reading and I read it all. It was just, you know, like a page turner. It, it went at a good pace. I read it all um, today because I've been so busy this week, and I was hungover and exhausted. And I sat down with a cup of tea, and I read through it. And I got to be honest, really enjoyed it. I was like, and I'm glad that you said there's a three, um, because I was like, this was entertaining to me, and I almost felt like. I think the artwork really helped it. Like, I, I really like this artist. I looked at him up. His name is Randy Stradling, and he works at... Uh, he's a vice president at Dark Horse, and he was running this Star Wars stuff before they 
uh, you know, lost the license. A license for what, a good 20 years, Rich? Something like that. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, really like his artwork. And you know what? Uh, the, 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 uh, one of my favorite artists from 2008, I don't know if you know that guy's name, Brett Ewens. He wrote bad, he drew Bad Company, was his most famous one. Um, I don't know if you've read no, that. I did, I did, no, I never read okay. that. Check him out on like Google, Brett Ewens. All I'm saying is, in terms of his female faces, he had a very distinctive style, and this guy had a similar style. I'm not saying that they're, everything they did was similar, but just it was reminiscent in a really good way. You know, like I I really liked the artwork here. I felt, and I also really liked uh, Grappa the Hut, and he had the skull like tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a Punisher fan, obviously. Um. Yeah, I I dug it, man. I I got to be honest. I had a really good time with this comic, and um, I love my Star Wars comics. And you said Boba Fett was going to be in it, so I kept waiting for him. But obviously, he's in three. Um, there was no negatives. The the storyline was more complicated, in a sense, but not overly so. Uh, very very. Oh readable. yeah, de- yeah, definitely, definitely not overly complicated. No, very readable. Just the right kind of complicated. Yes, and. At the end, as you say, he walks off into the sunset, basically. You know, yeah, complex, probably complex, the better yeah. word. It's it's a complex story, but easy to follow. Definitely. Um, yeah, this, no, no I, I don't, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, I don't think these will disappoint you. Read them from the first one, because it builds the storyline up. Interesting character, too. Like, you know, we talk about characters in Star Wars. Um, I mean, talk about fleshing out an Imperial Guard, you know? Um, and giving mm-hmm. his own motivations and stuff, and um, I'm going to give it a nine out of but, ten. You know, but you know, but and again, we haven't even got to the third one. But just mm. just reading this, how sad is it that this isn't? This doesn't matter. Oh yeah, but in this my cool, mind, in my cool, mind, it does. No, but that's what I said to you. In my mind, what's canon is different to what Disney says. Oh yeah, but yeah. What I'm saying that, is yeah. that how how sad is it that this doesn't exist anymore? And so you basically, they, they've just decided, you know what? We don't care about the cool, interesting characters that were created mm. over the 20 years that we didn't have the license. Well, that was we, the stupidity. We had our own inferior, yeah. uninteresting um, characters. Well, that was, the, yeah, that was the stupidity when Kathleen Kennedy said, it's not like we've got 20 years of stories. It's like... And I hadn't read them, but even I was like, "Did you have exactly twenty years?" Yeah, even and I I don't claim to have read them or be an expert on it or anything, but I was like, "I'm pretty sure you do." Like that was the whole point of the extended universe, and like you could you could easily have pick and chose, you know. Like, but as I said, I don't. I I just think they didn't want to pay royalties and like like all this. They just wanted to create their own stuff that they owned. Yeah, outright where they basically the people who created them were like, nope, you can't own. But you've still got to then create them. Like... No, but then the people you, as I said, the people you get to create, yeah, you make them sign a shitty deal. All oh, right, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. they don't, you know what I mean, so that you yeah, get a better yeah, yeah. deal out of it. Because I'm sure if they had to get the continue with the the Legends universe, they'd probably mm. have to pay royalties to the people that created characters. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, there's a, yeah, it's it's sort but of. But you got to remember, George, George never used any of those characters, but he also allowed them to exist. Yeah, do you know what 100%, I mean? Yeah. So you know, mm. yeah, um, it's good fun. Uh, it's a like if you're looking for a good read, 
um, of something that stands the test of time. It's the Star Wars universe, but it's the Star Wars universe away from the main, main storyline, and it's just as fascinating. Um, can I ask a question? Uh, obviously, I've seen the original movie so many times, so I know the answer to this question. The Black Sun wasn't in the original movies, where did, but it was when by the time they did Solo, they mentioned Black Sun, don't they? Um, the movie. Where where did it, that originate? Was that in the novel somewhere? No, I think you're thinking of Crimson Sun. Black oh. Sun doesn't exist because that's legends, bro. Oh right, but they, they create a Crimson Sun, which is the same sort of thing, isn't it? Like yeah, the, or, yeah, whatever their Crimson fucking version is. Where did Black Sun originate from? Not the movies. Uh, no I think it, it originated in the shit. Um, it's. I think it's in the video game novel tie-in thing that they did. I think that's. Oh, the I know the one. Um, something of the Empire, Shadows of the Empire, or something. Mm. Was that it? Yeah, I think I think that's where they were. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Black Sun, uh, first came into prominence during the Clone Wars. So we'll just see if there's a publication history here uh, behind the scenes. Uh, I'm just trying to see whether there's, if there's a. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well done, Rich. First appeared uh, in the Star Wars multimedia project Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, released in '96. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. And it was uh, during the development of Eminus, the 14th episode of the fifth season of Star Wars Clone Wars, was decided that Maul would be given a base of power to the criminal underworld. Uh, Dave Filoni, the show's supervising producer, had remembered Black Sun from Shadows of the Empire and knew the extended universe showed Maul as having fought against Black Sun prior to the events of Star Wars Phantom Menace. With that, Filoni and his team opted to bring Black Sun into the show. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't know if that, I don't know if that still can. Right, yeah, okay. Solo, Black Sun. You said, you said it was called Crimson Sun or something, didn't you? I think it was Crimson something. Solo movie. Yeah, because it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but I mean, the, in the Star Wars universe, there's supposed to be, like, a few different criminal organizations. Right, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed uh, this Crimson Dawn. There you go. Yeah, I knew it was Crimson something. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. What, what are you giving, Rich? I, I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. The mysterious crime syndicate Crimson Dawn is at the centre of Star Wars, but fans may still have some major questions about the organisation after the movie ends. Yeah, we do. Like, yeah, <laughs> because you're all about the tees. You know, you're all about the sizzle and not about the steak. Jesus. Hilarious when they're like, um, you may have some questions. Yes, because you gave us no fucking answers. <laughs> like, you, you know, how much to, like, JJ be to blame here? Like, it's like, make everything vague. Make everything mm. vague. Like, don't satisfy them. They'll love it. Fuck you, JJ. You know? As I said, I just, I find it fascinating that for 20 years, Dark Horse and the publishing houses in the video games managed, even though they were all not under the same umbrella, Yeah, all still somehow managed to tell a somewhat cohesive yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of story. Yes, there's some bit of overlaps and some premise, but it's, for the most part, it's like, yeah, it's pretty, you know, the, the world matters and things tied together and... Yeah. You know, it's it's all connected, and they did that just organically. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, there was probably... And Disney owns everything, can't even no, fucking keep it in one house and keep it all together. Oh, they're just hopeless. Like, But, like, Disney are, like... Um, what's hilarious is they're, like, we're going to make everyone care about the High Republic. No one cares about the High Republic. That is true. <laughs> like, no one. But they're, like, it's our big project. We're going to be so diverse. We're going to... It's going to be multi-platform. And it's, like, crickets. Like, no one cares mm. about the High Republic. Like, it's it, it couldn't be making less noise, you know? <laughs> like, so, if you define it by people caring and buying this shit, it feels like one of the least successful launches of Star Wars ever. Like, I'd, I'd rather play that pod racer game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. There's, it, you know what I mean? It's like, when they try, they just seem to fail, you know? And mm. it's, I don't know what... I Like... It, like, if I'm Disney, if I'm running Disney, if I'm going to make High Republic a thing, I'm going to start with probably an animated show. Like, honestly. You know, really, honestly. That's probably where I would start proceedings and pick up some interest that way. And then I would follow through with all the other tie-in shit to it. You know, um, but, like, they're like... I don't know, man, like... If someone out there is reading this High Republic stuff and has a decent, you know, analysis of it, positive or negative, seriously, uh, Rich is on signal because, you know, point is to something. Now, Rich, I want to say I've really enjoyed Star Wars Crimson Empire. We're going to take a couple of weeks off it, but we will do three soon. We have some announcements. Um, Roy Thomas has confirmed uh, he's going to be coming on the show... I think it's Feb 17, uh, US time. Uh, I'm going to do an interview with Roy. You're welcome to join, Rich. Uh, we've, yeah, I've been talking to his agent, and that is confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happening mid-February. Uh, we're going to be having early March the biographer of Gardner Fox on uh, as well, um, the, the woman that's written his biography. I'm really excited, actually, about this. You know, really, really excited. And it's a real honour to have her on, actually. Um, We've got other people coming on. Chuck's going to come on um, when his Conan novel comes out. Um, And we can talk about all sorts of things with Chuck. We've got plenty of people who are coming back on. But I wanted to mention Roy Thomas is confirmed. So that's going to be something we've got looking forward to. Now, uh, people Mm -hmm. out there, if you've got questions for Roy... Um, we're going to have 45 minutes, so I'm going to structure it pretty closely. But honestly, if you have questions for Roy, um, e- you know, you can email me at signaldoom at gmail.com or, or preferably just contact me on Facebook or message the show on Facebook. I handle all the social media. Richard does nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Richard. What social media? Richard does, yeah, exactly. Richard barely has like a... Um, you know, like but my. I have no footprint. You have no footprint. <laughs> Are you even there, really? He's he's exactly. darling. You're darling in from Cloud City, Rich. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. If you have questions for Roy, please filter them through, and I'll go through them because really excited to have him on. And um, you know, like we may not get another chance with Roy too because he's super busy. Um, but I'm really happy that we've got this chance. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And obviously I'll have a couple of Conan stuff, but I want to, he's had such a long career that I, I really would appreciate if people could fire him with some questions. I think he's did a lot of shit at Marvel, Rich, uh, like Avengers and stuff. And he had his All-Star Squadron at DC and plenty of stuff. So there's lots and of... And Conan stuff. So yeah, there's lots oh, of He's Conan, I'm all over his Conan. So yeah, look, 
please, if you have questions, um, send them in and, and I'll filter through them. Um, other than that, uh, I've got a selection for next week, Rich. Hulk, the end. Uh, it's a trade paperback. It's not long. Uh, it has the Hulk end issue written by Peter David and it also has the future Imperfect, which is the alternate future Hulk storyline all included. It's only about 200 pages, if if not less, actually. Mm. Uh, I think it might be 170. So I thought, you know, get Peter David and please, uh, Peter David suffering his health problems. Uh, if you want to support a genuinely great creator who's really struggling medically, uh, I believe he had a series of strokes, um, it's a worthy cause. You know, we've given Peter David a lot of joking, a lot of heat over the years, but honestly, a creator of his stature should not be kind of like, you know, broke in hospital. It's very sad. And, uh, and no, I heavily recommend that you support Peter David um, in his recovery because it's not easy recovering from stroke. And he, I believe he may have some kidney problems and all sorts going on. So it's all expensive. It's in the US. Um, you know, we don't need to go through, we didn't need to get into the topic politically, but it is a, in the healthcare system there, it's very expensive. Uh, if you don't have the correct insurance and stuff. So support that. Uh, we are putting our bones behind that. If you have any money left over, please support the show, patreon.com slash signal doom. It all goes towards show running costs. We've got a big year ahead of us. I've recorded this episode with a massive uh, like hangover. Have I done okay, Rich? Oh, you've, That's probably the best you've been. <laughs> Rich likes me when I'm down a couple of notches. <laughs> Hilarious, Richard. Uh, you know, no, I won't ban you from the show for that comment because it's quite amusing, actually. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to promote, Rich? Uh, if I wanted, if I wanted you to go out and perform just a very quick assassination, what are you charging these days? Um, so such thing as a quick assassination. Oh man, come on! I've done them in Assassin's Creed. Are you kidding? With the with the knife out of the out of the out of, you know the knife out of the thing out of the hand boom done easy we really need to, we really need to have a conversation with you about what's reality come on man I've done many I've done the drop downs where you're dropping down from the roof no boom. you haven't a game character has done it in a fictional world what is fictional really. You what know? is Jesus Christ? <laughs> if we have a conversation about what is fictional, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're deep in a dream of God anyway, so I don't know why you're too worried. Like, you know, we're deep in a dream of God, man. Well, it's going to be very tricky for me because I don't believe in God. So. Whoa, slow Ooh. down. Whoa. Wowee. I wonder if God, that's that's a bizarre dream then. Well, he dreamt it, so. <laughs> yeah, layers upon layers, man. Just, it gets deep. We need to get JM on the phone to explain this because I'm getting confused now. I'm, I'm, I'm out of my depth, man. I'm out of my depth with this whole philosophy, philosophical question that's going on. And uh, it's too deep. We need the guru on the phone. We need, we need JM on the phone and we need his guru on the phone. We need both of them for guidance here because I am lost. Oh, dear. Yep. Well, on that note, man, uh, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great episode, Rich. We killed it.
We shall be free 